Thanks to Backbone for supporting Core. Go to backbone.com slash core right now to order your Backbone. And for a limited time, get free access to over 350 console games and perks. Backbone is now the official partner of Diablo Immortal. Not only is the game specifically optimized for Backbone, but you will be receiving $10 off in-game perks. Find your next adventure at playbackbone.com slash core. Hello and welcome to Core. This is Core episode 329, and this is uh, Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we are here on your Gamescom week to sum up what the hell happened in Germany, what happened here, and what happened in our hands with our controllers and our keyboards and mice. So sit back and relax as we bring you another episode of Core. All right. So should we talk? We should talk about Gamescom a little bit. Um, it wasn't like earth shattering or anything, but the, you know, it's the world's only E3 like conference that's left. So we should, you know, and respect it, I suppose, for trying its best to be that thing. And a lot of people like Gamescom. So if you went to Cologne, Germany and got to see the whole thing, great. Good on you. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and let us know what you saw on the floor. Otherwise, the rest of you just going to hear this little rundown. Uh, We'll start with whatever is everywhere. What? No. It's called everywhere. The name of the product is everywhere. Yeah, so everywhere. Whatever that, whatever that is. Whatever, whatever that is. is everywhere. Uh, everything. These are is it everywhere, X? everything. What's cool about the, uh, it's everything. Everywhere? No, everywhere. Thank you. It's everywhere, yeah. So the reason we're confused is because we have that movie out this year. Everything always everywhere at once or whatever the hell it's called. What is it? This weekend, isn't it? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That's um the... This every, George Miller joins out this weekend. Oh yeah, why, that why is are we too. talking about the weekend? What's the weekend? No, the weekend. Thousand years of uh, Cheerios, <laughs> something like that. There you go. Was Whatever it it's thousand called. years of waiting? I think. No, the, yeah, that. The but what's Miller joint? But what's the one yeah. with with Michelle Yeoh? Everything, stuff? everywhere, all once. Okay. You were right. I interrupted and contributed nothing. In fact, it was a net <laughs> negative when I contributed to the whole thing. So well. <laughs> this game, uh, the, what makes this unique or interesting, perhaps, is it's the former lead director of all things GTA at uh, Rockstar. He left, started this new company, and this is their first game called Everywhere. And it's really hard to tell what the hell is going on, except it appears to be very multiverse And uh, our main character uh, is jumping between worlds and doing who knows what. But my guess is, given the GTA uh, connection, this is probably very open world, uh, but not in a city or, you know, uh, sort of GTA style thing. It's something more than that. So I don't know. They it looked cool. Say, they did not say what it was. No, not really. I mean, no other than they showed the trailer and that was it. So we have no idea, but that has some pedigree to it. If you're, you know, if you like GTA or even if you don't, you have to admit GTA's dominance is something to be reckoned with. So somebody with a lot of that experience might have something to bear. Uh, are either of you excited about what it could be? Cause I kind of am, but I'm not I sure why. Know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm going to flat out say no and uh, hope, to, hope to not be wrong. <laughs> it's like a stupid thing to open the show with. I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about it. I feel like, I feel like when I opened the document and I saw everywhere, that was when I knew the most about it. Yeah. And then I watched the trailer 
and I now know less. Yeah, you it's know Roblox. less. It's Roblox. I mean, it looks like. Oh, really? Part of part of what they said was it can be anything. Like I think they want to build in deep game mechanics of some kind. Oh, so I didn't gather that. Sounded at all. like it could be, and they were like, it could be anything. What the problem with that yeah. is, so let's just start with the basics. I don't want to tell anyone I'm playing a game called Everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just gonna play some Everywhere. Do you want to join me for some Everywhere? Like, do I want to even play something called that? No. Um, in terms of what it is, if you can't, if you can't tell me in a line what it is, like. Okay, hang on. Let me back up. You can have a teaser trailer and be coy, right? I'm not telling you what it is. It's our company, and we're making this thing. But they did say it was something. This wasn't just show a trailer and let us guess and, and hype and, 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 and look at it. It was like, no, this is going to be a thing that encompasses uh, deep... I think they mentioned RPG mechanics, like role-play mechanics... They didn't say anything like they didn't say anything about big multiplayer uh, user created content though, right? My guess is this might be GTA Online, but as a standalone product. Oh, interesting. Which they should have said. Like I, I, you know, again, they were cagey about what it was. So Mm -hmm. they're really looking forward to it. It's going to have a lot in it. It's going to be really fun. Um, but, I mean, if you're just going to come out and say anything at all about it, you can sum up your product in a few sentences. Yeah, I feel say, like we'll they explain could. more later. They did not do a good job of summing it, but they felt the need to say something. You know what they're doing? They're, they're, they're crutching on the fact that the dude's the former lead on all things GTA. That's what they're crutching yeah. on here. Yeah, because there's nothing else to talk about there. Like, yeah. even what Bo said is a, a guess. Yeah, like, we don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> like know, I could we'll see, see. Mm. like imagine GTA is like very specifically or GTA online with the RP community. is very specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, cops and robbers stuff, right? There's right. no, there's no Skyrim, you know, setting. There's no cyberpunk setting. There's no final fantasy ripoff setting, you know, or just anime weeb setting, <laughs> it, you know, like, and my sense is that like this game like will have a bunch of assets, will provide you with all those opportunities, and might even provide services in those games to actually allow you to implement mechanics in those worlds because it looks multiplayer. This doesn't look like a single player joint. Does right? it? I couldn't tell. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think they <laughs> mentioned that in the talk. They did. If, say if that. I remember okay. correctly, I'm gonna be honest about this Gamescom thing. I didn't sit sit and watch it back to back. I watched it at two x speed, and as soon as something looked crappy, I just skipped it. <laughs> so the whole experience was about 15 minutes for me, mm. um, because and I will explain why. Once I hit the award for most anticipated game, wait, they had awards. They, yeah. they were giving awards. Oh, but I not missed that. I already hate award shows, but yeah. these awards were not for merit or accomplishment. They were just for who generated the most excitement about a product. And listen, it, the, the fun doesn't end there. The first one was most anticipated PC game. They listed three. Metal Hell Singer, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, and System Shock. Um, and where's so, Baldur's Gate 3 let's on there? Get, let's get your pulse here. If you didn't see this or don't know, then... Uh, Please take a guess as to who won the award and got to give an award speech. Uh, and metal, got an award. Metal Hellsinger. They get it? 
Metal, John? Metal Hellsinger what, 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 what would be your pick, honestly? Is it Metal Hellsinger? You think that's the most anticipated PC uh, game? I'm just saying right if now? I had to guess what weird thing got chosen, I would... I would think yeah, you're I guessing don't. the weird thing. What What is... Sorry. You're giving the award. What are you giving it to? I'm giving it to Baldur's Gate 3. It's not even on that list. Sure. But of the ones on the list, what do you give? Give me those to? one more time. Please follow the rules, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> give me the give me my on three. On the list, which one are you giving it to? Think G- about it. Give me the three again. What was what's the list again? Warhammer, 40k Dark Tide. Yeah. One we are anticipating. Yeah. System Shock. Yeah. And Metal Hellsinger. Uh probably I mean for me, Warhammer 40k. Uh that, what do you think would be the right choice? Uh, that's the right choice. The choice they probably chose was either Hellsinger or the other one, if I had to guess. You are hedging way too hard. John, do you have an opinion on this? I don't know. I'd probably go with System Shock. I like the System right. Shock games Thank- a lot. Thanks, John, for, <laughs> yeah. for that concise response. I gave you an answer. I said I said Warhammer, and you said that wasn't no, good I, enough. I mean, objectively speaking, not the one you like. The one, objectively speaking, if you had to guess... The most anticipated, meaning the thing people are probably collectively looking forward to the most. If you're giving an award for this, so they gave it to System System Shock. I just, I guess, I'm saying I disagree. No, with that. so they didn't give it to System Shock. They gave it to Metal Hellsinger. Oh, geez, and I got really upset. I don't know what Metal Hellsinger is. Exactly. We, so I know what it is, but these, I only know all these games you know. are great. Okay, I'm. There's no shade on those games. You literally have Metal Hellsinger a niche game warhammer dark tide the one we probably all want the most out of that list maybe i i don't see awarding it you award it to system shock why because it's a classic game that other games have been built on you know what i mean like it just seemed like common sense to me right like system shock is i just don't know why they're doing this at all it's the rhythm first person shooter yeah it's like all hell like doomish but metal retro and but yeah metal songs and yeah it looks cool don't get me wrong it does and you know chat room is all saying system system shock like if you're if you're saying what is the most anticipated title a title we've waited 20 years to see another entry in that that bioshock was based on the whole other genres versus or Dark Tide, it's niche. There's tons of those kinds of games. And Metal Hellsinger, something only people that are into metal or shooters know about and hasn't made waves. The one you hear about is System Shock. To me, it's very obvious that it needs to be System well, who, Shock. Well, how are they picking? Who's picking? Someone voting? No, I tuned out after that. I, I was, you know, and, and they had the audacity to bring that person up to give a speech. They're like, congratulations. They're like, thank you very much for recognizing us. Blah, blah. And I'm like, you haven't accomplished anything. What are you getting an award for? <laughs> like, you know, and, and like, how did they, me- how do they measure it? I am guessing like wish listing, but I wish list tons of things that I never buy. So again, that's fooey, but. That's coming to Game Pass, I think. Or if it's voted on, it's voted by the most engaged people. It's actually not a litmus test. Like, there's a, there's a structural analysis you can do to say, like, the most anticipated game is 100% System Shock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, know, I guess it, I'm still I'm still understand why you have this at all. Is it because Jeff Keighley's there and he likes contests? Like, why even have this? It I makes don't know. No I think it's a me. Gamescom thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. And it wasn't the only one. It happens several times. I skipped them because I'm like, I'm not watching this. This is ridiculous. You know, ridiculous. It's fine. They're trying to put together a show. I'm not trying to be too much of a hater. I'm just saying what prompted me to start skipping ahead of this thing was like, I do not want to, you know, I'm not going to spend time 
watching them hand out awards for things that haven't come to pass yet. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, know, like it, it was, I don't think it was well thought out as a thing. So anyways, all, just, the, all to explain it's that. It's just and Gamescom. Yes, it started with Everywhere, which was a very frustrating announcement. I'm, it could be very excellent. This could be the start of a new Minecraft or Roblox or some phenomenon. Has that guy's pedigree for sure. Yeah. But the presentation was terrible. In my opinion, all right. right. Tell us what you're. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, what the heck, German? Trailer. Don't have your cake and eat it too. <clears throat> Did they do a German uh, presentation or in a, some other international language presentation, and or is it all this Jeff Keeley and English? It was one? Jeff Keeley. Oh, I don't know if there's a second one. I think it's one presentation though. Okay. All right. I don't know if I love that either. I mean, also, well, uh, I haven't. I don't have any problem with Jeff Keeley. The guy works hard and loves games. It's great. But why is he every bun seat? Why does he do every uh, one of these? Can we and get he's probably be affordable one. and he's, you know, looks good on camera and he does a good job. Why not? Like he's the best of the best. Is he though? Because he's got a brand now and like, like this is kind of. Yeah, but there's I mean, I've been putting people. myself out there, Scott. I made that joke about hosting the PC gamer show. Maybe someone will hear it and go, let's get that guy. Give him a try. Yeah. Bring that dude. I will in. host your show. Okay. I'm looking we'll at the- moderately well. I'm looking at some additional video from Hellsinger. It does look pretty rad. I'm just putting it out there. It looks pretty good. No, they all look rad, but this is not. This is yeah. This isn't designed. It's not to even the trash tent- metal Hellsinger. It's just that if you were to name your most anticipated games, mm. I don't think it would be in your top five. No, right? I wouldn't. Or be. guess what the the zeitgeists. Because this is about everybody. That's right? why it's stupid. That's why there's no point in this. Because everyone's got a different idea of what should be everyone's excitement. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's why. I, that's why I started skipping it. I'm like, I, I don't want to. I don't. Okay. Well, what did it, you this think? Was made by somebody who doesn't play. It wasn't made by you know. Wasn't made by a Phil Spencer type. That's for sure. Well, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of Dune Awakening? I think this looks pretty cool. Um, it's a great CG trailer. I. Well, I'm not clear on what it was. What I read was that the, that this was a engine trailer, an engine next gen engine trailer. If that's true, uh, yeah. that has me more excited cool. because visually this thing looks insane. Um, but I don't know if that's actually still the or if that's the case or if I read that somewhere that was full of shit. Who knows? But basically, the way they're describing this is Funcom doing this. They describe it as a survival MMO RPG. So, hmm. uh. My guess is that means it's sort of, it's not wow level MMO. It's not like, you know, that sort of thing. At least I can't, I, as best I can tell, Funcom doesn't really make those anymore anyway. My guess is it's more like, I don't know, Destiny it's or some other like model. Blizzard's probably working on what they're, I'm assuming they're also doing an open world survival MMO. Yeah. I think, I think the open world survival MMO is a new thing on the horizon that we don't know quite how it lands because right now survival mmos are server based yeah we don't have that i can think of like uh game service provider hosted servers because that's what this mmo implies it implies that i don't have to rent a server or play on a local save i will play on your servers with tens of people thousands of people like how many people on a server or an instance what does it look like if some guy builds a toilet in front of my front door what are the you know <laughs> that that's the concern is the chaos and impropriety impropriety of online play yeah uh, versus a controlled server so i'm guessing this is a 
another entry into a potential new, maybe almost fad genre, considering how well Valheim sold. Yeah. Valheim was a huge inspiration. And I think if you're making bets and uh, on new genres in the future, this is, unless someone can think of one, I can't think of one. No. Someone mentions Conan Exiles is one. Which okay, is also Funcom, by the way. Same company. So, so there Possible. you go. So maybe people who are in the know on that game know exactly what this game when is going to look Whenever like. anyone says Funcom's made a ton of games, but whenever they say the name Funcom, all I think of is that old MMO called, oh, what was that called? Way back before WoW, before even Galaxies. Oh, geez. A company Anarchy made like Online. Anarchy Online. Yeah. That was them. And um, man, that game was jank. What a janky McJank jank. I still liked it because I there was nothing quite like it at the time. But I look back now. I'll go back and look at video now. Oh, boy. <laughs> that thing was rough. Um, but they've done so much more than that since. And you know, their Conan MMO some years ago was pretty good. Their survival Conan game is supposed to be really good. And that had wiener physics because when you create your Conan guy, your barbarian, you can make his wiener move. I remember that. Yeah. So that's always good. Move. Yeah. We moving wiener. Um, what else? You know, they've been around, I guess this is a big, that's big IP. So there's some expectations there. I can't tell yet. I don't know, but I think it, it has my interest from the setting alone. So, yeah. uh, I'm yeah, I, to- I, so I'm watching some Conan exiles gameplay. It really does look like, so it has single player. Mm-hmm. And then you can go online. It's still not quite clear on how the online works, but it looks to me like, you know, an MMO with teamwork content. Pretty sure it's like, it works like V Rising though. You got to have a server. Your your own player housing, basically. Yeah. But I think you have to run your own servers. I don't, and maybe they have some you can use that are, you know. Well, I think, no, I think, well, maybe it's for the online play where you don't have to use their servers. Like, okay, like you can visit my house and it's like a smaller server. Kind of like player housing works in Lost Ark really. But Mm. then you can get together and go out. I mean, I, I haven't played it, but it's some probably hybrid combination of, of single player versus sharing your creations with the outside world. Like imagine setting up a potion shop, building your own potion shop or your own tavern. You know how you like that tavern mm-hmm. game? Yeah. I do like that tavern game. Tavern and, yeah. and then bring it into the MMO world and have people visit and you can RP. They did. They added a darts game to my tavern game, like a mini game in there. So the guys, so you can set it up in your place to keep your tavern patrons happy. They can throw darts at a wall and try to hit a target. Yeah, I'm looking at a disco hall in Conan Exiles right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, Conan's got all kinds of crap in it. Um, and this, people like that game. Came out in 2018, still going strong. Um, it's a full price game. It's, I don't know, over 55,000 reviews on Steam. I think that sold real well for them. Survival um, genre, baby. People I, love it. I own it. I just don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I, never, I don't think yeah. I ever played it. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, offline single players bug. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I thought it had a thing about how the multiplayer works. It doesn't say. But anyway. This was oh, this one's not described as an MMO. It's called an online multiplayer survival game. Okay. So perhaps MMO is the the next step of development in a game like this, where where they say it's more now, whatever that looks like. Do you think uh uh do you think Dune Awakening will have wiener physics or no? I think they'll not do that. No, it's not known for its wieners. 
<laughs> no, Conan is for sure, but I Conan, agree. The Conan IP is known for, yeah. Lots of wieners. Oh, yeah. And boobs. Dude, everyone's wearing bikini armors. Yeah, guys yeah there's angry. boobs and wieners and whatnot. Um, I Maybe I'll check that out. I'm kind of in the mood, weirdly, just to see what it's up, what's up in there. Not with the yeah, wieners, maybe. not the wiener part, just the game. All right, everybody. Oh, peen- uh, the peeners are always up. Peeners. Peeners. I like that term. <laughs> uh, all right. Then there was uh, Atlas Fallen. Which uh, is a thing. I'm trying to see. Did I miss this one? Oh, you know what? I this is the first I'm hearing of Atlas Fallen. Uh, Bo, what do you think Atlas Fallen is? Um, so Atlas Fallen is made by the guys who did Surge. Okay. Or the Surge. So that was the sort of sci-fi take on a Souls-like. Oh, right. Surge um, two and Surge one. Yep. I know yeah, the so ones. this isn't looking Souls-like. This is looking way more. Uh, Almost like Forspoken or just like high action. Something different from the the team behind this is is my sense. It's funny okay. too. Even YouTube, if you look at the trailer and scroll down, it auto it auto categorized it as Black Desert Online. Oh, weird. <laughs> Which makes sense. And looking at it, you know, it's like big, you know, Gonzo super abilities. <laughs> weird. So armor. wait a minute. The algorithms on YouTube went. Uh, well, this looks a lot like that. We're just going to call it that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, or like uh, they didn't pick the game properly. I don't know what the story is here, but it's listed as Black Desert Online right now. That's funny. <laughs> I'd love that. Which tracks like it has that, you know, looks like crazy combat. So this is one where I'm like, so this is a better example of like something where everywhere should have done this, which is like they sort of showed a sick trailer. They didn't say much else about it. Uh, action RPG. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can probably guess, but the trailer looks sick and, um, you know, I'm willing to get, I have an open mind about this one. Like, I don't know what to expect, but I do like, I like flashy combat. I'm sure a lot of us do. Yeah. Final fantasy looking monsters and I don't know. It looks sweet. It does actually look kind of cool. Hear more. This traversal looks fun. The way she's moving. I assume the player will get to do some of that. Yeah. The parkour, like the Warframe style. Yeah. Parkour. I mean, yeah, you know, it looks, I, I'm, this is definitely uh, one to watch. John, you excited about the desert motif here? You got the, No, uh, <laughs> I got so bored doing this trailer, I turned it off and uh, I, I walked it. away. Like I got up and just walked somewhere and came back and then they were talking about spaceships and I was like, is this the same game? It's probably a different game. It turns out it was a different game. It's a different game. I thought this game looked um, just generic. I mean, it's a cutscene, like, but... It's a cutscene that's selling me on stuff that just, I don't know, I'm getting too jaded because it was like, it was like, what if we put every trope that made every other game distinct in one game? We created something just, I just lost complete interest in it. It's like, he lifted the bridge with his mind. He has a weird <laughs> sword that kind of is like a whip, but it's a sword. Uh-huh. Monsters that come out of the ground. Yeah. Big jumps and shit and i was just like okay <laughs> this is where kira comes from kira has a sword like that like, he's I got just, a kira sword yeah i just i don't know i the game may be awesome but uh my honest opinion is that i watched a little bit of the trailer and was like eh and i wandered away uh, to get a drink and came back and then they were talking about spaceships i'm uh not quite where you are, but I guess I, I, I didn't see anything here that blew my mind, but I do like the setting. I think it looks, that looks really cool. I like the combination of what looks like some fantasy and some, not steampunk, but, you know, there's some machinery and business Post-apocalyptic going on. apocalyptic magic sort of setting. Yeah. The hybrid. 
If you yeah. go to two minute, I mean, what really sells me is the two minute forty mark, mm. just towards the end of the trailer, when they just show a quick uh, smash cut of all the big abilities and the the tr- like the sliding, the sand sliding. Oh yeah, the sand sliding's awesome. Uh, yeah, like it just looks really sick. Yeah, two forty. Uh, let's see here, two forty. Here it is. Oh yeah, at the end here they have a little. Uh, it's like a montage. Yeah, it's just like all these you know cool stuff sliding through. The, like I just feel like this game. Like I can see like the setting. Yeah, it's nothing special, and like John's very accurate in his comments. But like if a game, you know, just like you press buttons, crazy lightning comes out and shoots out of your penis, and like your big hammer flies around, you're like, I'm like, all right, like you know, this it could be really fun thumb candy uh, kind of game with lots of Gonzo. Uh, spell effects and stuff like that and that'll that goes a long way with me it does as well for me what i like black desert i I like the dashing around i didn't see a ton of that because like i left before we got to that last yeah that's why i I wanted the dashing around that looks okay um yeah i mean it looks like it looks kind of fine i mean one of my favorite games is that uh phoenix rising game that we played scott we raved about that great and i would have said the same thing about the gameplay for that like very early on i was like oh it just kind of looks generic sometimes things arise above it and this could be that but uh it didn't hold me through the trailer. very well could be who knows till we yeah. see but um my take is um, i'm probably a little fresh off of uh, assassin's creed origins which is also in the desert all the time and also fighting big bosses and also some of these stuff i'm seeing here so for me that actually really works because i enjoy the hell out of that so if this is like a more actiony less souls like experience uh not that yeah, souls likes aren't actions not what i mean like at all yeah, yeah. I, I think i think john's right about his comments just feeling a little bland it's the last five seconds that made maybe sit up on my chair and go oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> this black desert thing is making me laugh though look at that right yeah. there boom wrong category <laughs> like, dummies oh man i don't know it doesn't it doesn't look that wrong i mean it doesn't look wrong but it is <laughs> it is wrong for yes, sure it is wrong but. uh i want to play that and just determine my feelings then but i have a feeling that looks like it might be kind of cool it's also a developer that isn't completely proven and a publisher that you just sort of think of as like, oh, they make weird Steam shit. Focus Entertainment, they're fine. But like none of well, they, this screams they AAA. They Plague Tale, though. That's huge on consoles, right? Plague, Plague Tale, Tale is big, yeah. People and they like make that. your hardship. Oh, yeah, it's a weird Steam game. Gotcha. Yeah. Still kind of a weird Steam game. You know? Hardship yeah. game. Hardship game. <laughs> it just sounds like a game that's about like just trials in life. Yeah. Like, like uh <laughs> oh, shipbreaker! Sorry, hardship, shipbreaker. Oh, hardship, hardship game. Hardship you game. Go, you break your leg on your way to pay your electric bill. Yeah. Oh it's a real no! Hardship. What do I do? I, know, I can't afford both. <laughs> hardship or hard space shipbreaker, which I just call shipbreaker, uh, is coming to Game Pass console in like a week. So that's cool. If you thought the PC people were having all the fun, you're going to get that on your console soon. Um, all right, moving on to Homeworld 3. I'm excited about this for one reason. First of all, I love Homeworld, but m- the main reason is I think this looks like way more of what I want out of a Homeworld game, and that is scale. Uh, previous to this, the other two were amazing games, but they were out in the middle of nowhere. Like, they're just in space, which, you know, that's fine. It's a space RTS. But they always felt a little bit remote in that here's your giant ship that poops out the little ships. The little ships will fight, and they'll go back to the big ship. This has stuff where the big, sh- the big, big ships are kind of everywhere. And some of this 
fighting is happening over vast uh, structures of other ships and derelicts and stuff like that. It reminds me of, you know, everybody skimming on the top of the Death Star and then flying down into it. Uh, in particular, the unfinished Death Star. There's a bunch of that kind of vibe for me. But I love the homeworld uh, vibe. Everything about the sound and music of those games is just like my jam. And I'm, I'm legitimately excited about three. So we'll see. Does anyone else care yeah, about Homeworld but me or am I the only yeah. one? I mean, I want to. I, I played Homeworld 1 and 2. It was one of those where it was like, I really want to get into this. And I just never fully did. Uh, but I love the style. I love the look of the world. Um, I always thought it was really cool, but it always felt like a really hard game to learn back in the day. Like it was it was uh, it was challenging for a young John to uh, get used to the controls and the 3D space for a strategy game. Uh, but I love how this looks like I think it looks so good. Um, and it's got all the things that you associate with Homeworld there. The like weird little rectangles that mm-hmm. just open up in space and then a ship flies through it. Uh, the trails coming off of the little ships like that was always the big thing is it just looked like bees buzzing around ships in space back when you play the old game. Uh, I think it's really I think it's really cool. Finally, yeah. they're going back to it. They're not, you know, I think they did. Uh, didn't they make a homeworld game that was just all on a planet? Uh, yeah, Ara- or, um, not Arrakis, but it was like Arrakis. It was like a big uh, desert planet. You'd hate it because it's all Karak. desert. Yeah, yeah, just Karak. stupid, Karak? Karak. stupid Karak. stuff Karak. like that. It was good though. Uh, that was a good game. Just say no to Karak. <laughs> yeah, but that was a good game, by the way. Like, yeah. I don't want to. I know you you were out of it from the get go, given the setting and everything. But it's actually a very good RTS. It's quite. It's they're like, it's what good. if that amazing space real time strategy <laughs> happened in the setting you hate most? Oh. <laughs> On a desert. And it's not it's not space. It's on the ground. It's never gonna it's work. It's like for Star Fox. Anytime they're like, hey, you're gonna be in the tank for this one. It's like, oh that's why I got Star Fox. Thanks. You figured it out. Well, what if, John, what if they set it on a on a snow planet? Would you change your tune? Would you be like oh. I would be I'd still think it was a bad idea for your space real time strategy game to be like, let's drop space. Mm. You know, but I would be more interested. You'd be more. Okay. So you'd still be out from a, I don't want to play on the ground perspective, but more in given that there's it's snow and not dirt. Yeah. I just don't like deserts. We've talked about four games so far and three of them are in deserts. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So you just live and grew up in one. I'm telling you if, well, so did I kind of, but I just love deserts. I love them. They're my favorite place to be. If I could live in the desert, I would. In fact, I think I hope I retire somewhere in like southern Utah where there's like just red rock for miles. Oh, oh, that's what I want, John. I don't want to live in Phoenix where it's hotter than my oven when I cook a turkey. But yeah, uh, you know, something something a little less than that. Maybe St. George. We'll see. Uh, The Expanse drummer. Everyone's favorite. Whoops. I screwed that up. Everyone's favorite character from The Expanse. Unless you're crazy. I love her. I don't know if she's not my favorite. Oh, she's easily she's my good. favorite. She's she's in the she's in the top for sure. I love her so much. Um, well, anyway, this is uh, a Telltale style adventure game that looks nice. I think I kind of want to play it's in this. The Expanse universe, so that's an automatic buy. Like Expanse started and ended pretty strong, and was a good. Yeah. It's a good haul. It's a good world. I love it. So yeah, like I'm signed up. 
I'm pretty sure they got Kara Kara Gee to do the voice. She's the she's drummer in the show. She's mm. very good. Um, yeah, yeah. They have to like her. That's the thing is her voice. Out of anybody in there, like she's the most iconic. Yeah, if you're making uh, a whole of the characters, like I mean, also maybe mo- one of the most memorable. I think. Oh, there she Thomas is. Thomas Jane kind of killed it in that show, to be honest. Sure, but she's really, she's really. I mean, they're all kind of great. <laughs> Even when they're kind of goofy or sort of normal, you still sort of just like you, you know. I guess like the the hardest one for me was Amos, like because he plays a psycho, like a you know psycho, a rough psycho boy, but he looks like such a good, clean, muscly doughboy. Like I'm just like. It's hard to buy that he's a psycho, but he plays. He does it so well that you're like, yeah, yeah. You, after a while, you're like, oh yeah, that's the look. That's the face of crazy, yeah, right there. But at first, you know, like some of the actors just don't. I think it's maybe to their credit they don't look like their types. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. And and, and it it actually I don't know they they all do such a great job they win you over and I think the same is true of drummer where you're just like oh there's a fragile little girl. I will say this too for a for a. Uh, for a telltale game, these faces are way more emotive and natural. Yeah. They're known for being pretty stiff back in the day. So this yeah. stuff looks all right. Ooh, heads look severed heads in space. <laughs> yeah. Oh. See, I skipped past this one. So I'm like, I didn't want any spoilers on it. Like this is, this is like a for hundred percent will buy. Like, I don't need to see any more marketing. Yeah. I'm actually kind of into now. this. I'm excited. Uh, YouTube. Speaking of the things YouTube thinks stuff is, it thinks this is mass effect. <laughs> 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 Way to go, YouTube! Why are you auto-populate? Why, who's in charge of their social media uh, accounts? Like, I know you can do that manually. They're letting the they're letting the computer decide. That's that's a bad idea. Don't be doing well, that. Wait, hang on, what the expand? Because I I just got them from wherever, so I don't know who's hosting. This is Gamespot. Gamespot. They should know better. Gamespot. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a movie I've seen three times in my life. Once for film sack. <laughs> Uh, it's an amazing, terrible eighties movie. I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I didn't expect to love that movie as much as I ended up loving that movie. I, I'm it's with you. It's really good. I'm with you 100. percent I wasn't sure if you guys would even know what this is because I put it in as a highlight because uh, I remember I love Full Moon Studio movies all around. Yeah, and uh, I believe this was a Full Moon. Joint. Full Moon joint. Anyways, this is a. Not my favorite of them, but definitely a good one. So yeah, it's awesome. Killer Clowns is awesome, and it's stupid. And this actually kind of got me weirdly excited. I mean, do we know much about like what's going on though? Like, what kind of game this is? Is it just a? This isn't. Is this a multiplayer like? Uh, uh, what's uh, that? Game? Gather a team of survivors to fight the extraterrestrial threat in a game based on the eighties cult. Sounds like a little know, like Left for, for dead not Left for Dead. Awake yeah. tomorrow, dead. Awake, die tonight. Wake up tomorrow. What is it? Dead by daylight. Live free, die hard. <laughs> Dead by daylight, I think, is the thing I'm trying to think of. But it looks like it's a yeah, little more. It does active. look like that. Like yeah. you know what? This is great. I'm excited. It's not zombies. It's something different. It's something stupid. I love it. Game Pass, I think, too, which is always. Uh, good. I didn't think I was excited about anything from Gamescom. I just changed my mind. You take it back. You're I into got this. one. I'm really excited about. All right. How about uh, where winds meet? All right, now let's try not to be jaded old gamers who've heard every dumb title ever. Uh, I mean, I was immediately <laughs> thought between the cheeks, but, you know. <laughs> That's where my win meets. Um, I don't know much about this other than it looks like a trippy, you know, I don't know, ghost story looking thing. I, I don't know what to make of this one at all. 
So it looks like a thing. It There's like, some Asian uh, stuff. It looks like what's the music video where the kids' eyes are all lit up? Oh, um, oh, uh, uh, you know, oh. turn around. Like that. Yeah. Turn around. What is that? I don't song. know. I can't remember the name of the song. Anyway, there's a lot of Chad'll know. Chad'll <laughs> figure it out. Chad's so on top of things, they'll tell it. Total Eclipse of the Heart. That's what it was. Chat See? room calls this Total the Chinese Chinese Ghost of Tsushima is what they're calling this. Um I'd be alright with that, and that game's great. So I don't know what to make of this though. It seems too ghosty to me. Like too like, oh, the myst- mysteries of the of above bullshit. Woo. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this one. Seems fine. Looks pretty. Seems nicely made. There's a guy walking around. He's got a horse. You know, what else do you want? Oh, and he oh, look at this him climbing, doing some uh, some Assassin's Creed business. All right, maybe it definitely I'm- looks like somebody saw the trailer for Ghost of Tsushima and was like, we could do that too. Yeah. Ooh, like every now and then you just see you just see somebody be like, What made that trailer good? Well, we could do it too. We they're, can figure it they're out. They're doing uh they're they're doing that crouching tiger hidden dragon bullshit. That's kind of cool. Where not you know, why he can run on water, he just he just hung in the air forever, uh controls the wind. Yeah, like, I think that's probably gonna be like a distinct thing from Ghost. Like I can see the comparison. Like it's obviously really good graphics and yeah, yeah artistically look, 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 comparison. Focus on the sword uh, yeah. play, but yeah, I think it's gonna do. What did you call it? What is it? Uh, I don't Ushu know. or something like that. I can't. There's like a name for what this is. I, oh. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't either. But like that 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 crouching tiger hidden. You know that Chinese cinema style where they. They go fighting and all of a sudden they're just flying in the air for no reason. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's you know, it, it, this this looked this impressed me. I mean, it just it looked very cool. Doesn't mean I'll pick it up. I thought Ghost of Tsushima was very impressive too. It but, is. Um, it's very very impressive. This looks like in that vein. Is this an actual Chinese developer <clears throat> on this project? Uh, I, I that was something a question I had. I wasn't sure if it was it was or not. I, I I'm sort of assuming so, but. Hang on, hmm. That Sucker Punch took some heat for being, you know, Americans making this game, but they also involved a ton of Japanese. Well, all the actors are Japanese. Well, it's Japan. It's like it's Japan. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they can make a movie about Americans if they want. Like, uh, you know, no one's sure like, they can. Japan's punching down on U.S. And I, I don't really, you know, it's one thing if you're actually appropriating something inappropriate, but if you just make them, yeah, that's. It's okay to make a movie set in another country. Like I agree. I, I agree. Default baseline. What you just look at is like the privilege that's involved in what you're making. Most you most uh, most anime is they're all supposed to look like us, which weirds me out because they never right. do. But right, yeah, I don't. Yeah, like and it. like think of like Japan like appropriates the crap out of Americans. They got baseball. They like cowboys. <laughs> like it's cool. Like this is equal footing exchange as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but is it punching down when we do it because we nuked them at one point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we actually yeah. dropped the world's first nuclear bombs on uh, their on their country. So are we all, are we in a permanent position of? I just I don't think we keep score that way because I'm sure they scored some. I'm sure scores were had both ways because you wouldn't have done that if there weren't. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think it's better just to be peaceful and say we'll adopt the cool things from your culture and you can adopt the cool things from ours i don't yeah now the game i was the most surprised by because i was shocked to find that i give a crap because 
I, I thought I was over it, but I really liked Dead Island One. I was a yeah. fan, um, and I loved the creativity. That original trailer was mind blowing. I thought that was so good, uh, and I really liked the trailer for this. It made me want Love, Death, and Robots to do like a twenty minute treatment of this or something, or a full half hour, an hour, or whatever. Because uh, there's there's some story here I want to know. I don't know how much the game gets into it, but basically, video game. Uh, Kravitz, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Lenny Kravitz. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Video game Lenny Kravitz is uh, hanging around his apartment. Um, at first, he's breathing ragged, so you think he's an undead, but nope, he's just been partying all night. And he goes digging through the house looking for stuff. And then you notice that a bunch of people are dead there. Uh, you know, zomb- zombified or killed otherwise. And then he goes outside and kills a bunch of zombies. And it's all done to some great music. If I played here, I'd get banned from Twitch, so I won't. Um, Anyway, I'm weirdly compelled to get excited and play this game when it comes out. I don't know anything about it other than, you know, I know what the first one was, but that was so long ago, like they're going to be something different here. Well, um, I mean, they, there was a trailer before this for Dead Island 2 that was also so long ago. Yeah, forever. Like, like I don't know if you remember the original one with the guy running as he slowly became a zombie. And then at the end, I think like Jack Black sounded like stole his shoes at the very end. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was years ago. It was a long time ago. Oh, weird. That's a Yeah, you're not wrong. And this is the ago. same game. It's been a long ass time. Yeah. And they got a release yeah. of next year. They also I don't know if you guys read too much about this, but Amazon's got a new technology. They want to license to everybody. That makes it so. You can control a bunch of shit in game. Doesn't cost you anything. You just try it. I will definitely try this. I don't. I don't give it much of a life, but it's a little gimmicky. But you can with an Amazon Echo or any device that supports the service. Games that support it, you can with voice commands tell stuff to happen. So instead of you taking four clicks to get to a dialogue tree, you'll just answer a guy. So he'll say, Oh, you have, have you been to the woods to see the witch or whatever? And your answer would be, you would literally say, I haven't been there yet. What's going on? And the thing would be smart enough to know what to tell you next. There's a bunch of talk about that, whether that thing is anything any good or not. I don't know until we get it. This is the first game to support it is my point. Hmm. So however it's integrated, my guess is it'll be a neat trick that no one will use and we'll move on. I got to watch Bo uh, try to be Dovahkiin by actually talking into his uh, Skyrim. It worked really great. Well, that is interesting because that's the mod doing that, right? That wasn't built into... Well, okay, so there's a deeper explanation with that. You've got to train your your computer to recognize your voice and your meanings. Yeah. Which I've only partially done. So I gotcha. But still, it wasn't Skyrim vanilla that that was included in. It doesn't, it doesn't work the best until it, you know, we, we, there's still room for these things to improve on. Yeah, but it's a mod, right, is what I'm saying. No, it's a voice attack. It's an it, actually that's not a mod. That is. Um, Wait, so uh, Skyrim 2011. So have you ever heard it? Like Elite, this is big in Elite Dangerous because even before VR was a thing in Elite Dangerous, it's yeah. still fun to control your ship by going ship. Please turn on the shields. And this was something I used in in Elite Dangerous a long time ago. Um, it's so voice attack. It's on Steam. It's it's a software that you know allows you to input specific commands to do button presses in games. Uh, there's now an open source free one called voice macros. So it's just voice macros. Okay. What I downloaded that from the mod site, but is not a mod is a definition pack. Mm. So I don't have to program all the words myself. 
and program all the button presses. And what this actually is, how deep this is programmed, is that I don't have to equip the shout. You know, in the game, you have to equip the shout and then mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. It auto-equips it through button presses, uses the shout, then equips what you previously had on it. So it's like you don't even have, all you have to do is shout. It's, on paper, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, but it's a it, very, very cool idea. I watched Bo in the early stages of execution on it, and I was cracking up laughing at how <laughs> how it worked. Well, I, was, I, I was learning. it. The RP matched because I'm still learning how to shout properly, <laughs> and I was also learning how to use voice macro. Like, what? Fuss! No. Fuss! The, the funniest Fuss. part about it was that it clearly had been mapped to Bo's speaking voice, but not his game playing voice, because what would happen is he would go, is this working? Foos row. And he'd just talk normal. And then there'd be like a two, like a half a second delay. And then you'd see foos and it would shoot out. Mm -hmm. And then he'd be like, yeah, it's working. And they go, okay, say it. And instead of saying it the way he literally just said it, because now he's immersed, he goes, Foos row. <laughs> and it doesn't recognize it. So it doesn't do anything at all. And then he goes, Foos row. He does it again, yells again. Yeah. And then he goes, I don't think this is working. Foos row. It shoots out again. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, it's it. working. Yeah. Okay, say it. Foos row. And changes his voice again every single time. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to hear more about that when you talk about what you play. But my my original point, I still haven't gotten an answer for it. When you, could, when you went in 2011 to buy any version of Skyrim, it didn't include voice commands, right? That wasn't part of it. This is all add-on shit. Voice attack, yeah. all yeah. of it is add-on. It's okay. never been in the native in the game. So okay. saying Amazon will give you this native in the game? Yes, it's native in this game. It has to be. Any game that supports it, it will be native. Um, and it will be oh. entirely, it has to be, uh, what do you call it, um, optional. Because, you know, too many people want to play the game without even going near this or they're not in the Amazon ecosystem or whatever the thing is. So it will be playable no matter what. But I'm curious just how much it will matter. Like I was talking to Tom on the Daily Tech News show about this. If you're going to reload a weapon and it's just an X button that you push on your controller versus you going reload, I think the button's faster, you know, yeah. like and maybe also, not much. that doesn't add any level of immersion. Like what Bo described with Skyrim right. is not only immersive but also useful because you've got this whole selection of shouts, which is supposed to be your voice, but you got to go and equip it. You know, all right, I'm going to select the right one and then I got to hit the button. Like it's not immersive at all. Being able to actually yell the things uh, that adds to the immersion. It adds to the world, mm -hmm. like playing a video game and go reload the gun. And then he reloads the gun. I'm like, oh, I'm so immersed. Yeah, that's weird. Cause that's like what that. I do constantly. If yeah. I was in a zombie situation, I'd be sitting there going, reload <laughs> well we Shoot. don't we don't know what Shoot. the um we don't know what the context like, of it is yet in this game but my guess is it's things like talk to the npc and get through dialogue choices and say where's my next quest and the guy says it's over there this sort of stuff oh yeah, yeah. i had a mod there's a mod for that but um, i turned it off because it was behaving weird mm. but but I, I have played with that that's cool that's a good use yeah it's it'll be interesting i'm i'm more interested in games that are built around it because yeah. then, then, you know, then that's all it is. But I don't think anyone's going to do that. It's like connect, making connect games back in the day or making Sony PlayStation move games. You had to live with whatever small percentage of the user base bought the extra stuff. Oh, for, you know, real I know money. why I, I know why I turned it off because that stuff's well and good if you're playing on your own, but if you're streaming, 
You're like, so chat room, how's it going? And it's like, blink, 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 and you're like, your weapons are changing. And he's like, what the hell, man? It's not smart enough not to filter through all your non-gaming stuff. Yeah. And even it, it was like turning on randomly. You can like say, don't listen to me. And then you'll say like, hey, chat room, and it'll turn it back on and start listening. And you're like, you're listening again. Equip arrows. Like, it was just going nuts. Well, so. the chat the chat may have just given us a hint as to where this is coming from, from Amazon, because... Amazon has that version of Skyrim that's purely a voice-controlled Skyrim thing. Yeah. Well, um, I'm curious how good is how well trained is Alexa? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, it's pretty good for what it is, but so is you know most of these voice things understand people pretty well. But the the real question is how, like John says, how much immersion will it create? I don't know. It really depends on the context and how they use it. And if it's just reload my gun, forget it. I'm not into it. But we won't know until later people are automatically very cynical about it i get it it's a big company like amazon trying to force some tech down your throat pretending they know how gamers think like i get it i know why we get skeptical when they come out and support and full support of nfts and metaverse you get your defenses up but yeah did amazon do that i didn't know that were they big? Well, it's just jet broadly speaking right companies have all these harebrained ideas they try to sell you on you're like i don't like you know yeah there's a time we're having a f- uh, camera on your phone. People are like, so unnecessary to have a camera on your phone. Now it's like, find a phone with that one. You yeah, it's I mean? almost, it's necessary. It's unnecessary to ever need any other camera, but the one on your it's phone. It's just everyone's used to it. No one's going to take an issue with it. Yeah. Like maybe I mean, they don't I, use it, but. Yeah. I know Nintendo talked about it before it was out. So it's not like, you know, we were just shocked. We went to the store and we were like, what's this? But like, to me, I think the most effective uses of technology and like, cool innovations like the way you see it is somebody just puts it out and you're like oh shit that's amazing like the rumble pack right mm, good like example, what yeah. a, a good thing that's very easy to laugh at like you look at how big the package is for the game and you're like the hell did i just buy you plug it in you're like well great my controller weighs four more pounds this is exciting <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get carpal tunnel playing this game great and then it rumbles for the first time while you're flying you're like oh no, this yeah, sometimes they're right. This is great. All yeah. controllers need to, to me, do this. To me, it's like, like analog sticks. It's like that. It's like the D-pad originally. It's like any of these innovations that stick, they stick. But there are plenty that don't. Like, there's a reason Nintendo didn't make the Switch with a 3D screen and a stylus. They're done yeah. with that. The, the, some of these things are kind of neat in their moment, but then you turn the 3D off and you never play with it again, which means nobody's making games that require 3D because they know people are turning it off. And the fact that you can turn it off is enough to say, ah, that thing's never going to stick. So, you know, for for all of those efforts, every once in a while, something will come out and you'll go, oh, Rumble Pack's a good one. Um, dual stick controllers are a good one. I happen to think the Sony Rumble Pack, uh, what, what do they call it? Dual Sense stuff yeah. is, is really impressive. Like, it's just, a, that's a resolution issue. Like, the res- think of resolution on a screen. It's a lot like that, but with feeling rumble, you're feeling the resolution of like the differences between hooves on a street versus hooves in the snow versus you uh, scratching something on a wall in front of you. Uh, Like all these different sensations, they represent them on that controller in a way that is kind of mind blowing. And so I actually think that's probably going to stick and others will follow. They'll all want to have this higher definition, higher resolution, uh, you know, experience with rumble. But then there's things like six axis. Who gives a shit? Oh yeah. Nobody cared. They don't care now. Especially when they were like, you 
you need to make sure everybody uses it. Yeah. It's like, it just made games worse. It did. It was so bad. It absolutely did. And things like the virtual boy is another one that always comes up in my head is like, Oh yeah, they really tried to, they really put their neck out there on a thing that wasn't ready for prime time. And it didn't stick. And that happens more often than not, but every once in a while something gets through. Will this be one of those things? I don't know. I I tend to think maybe no, with some limited exceptions to that. Uh, But I, you know, I'd think it'd be more of like a phone game thing, like talking to your phone, going turn left, turn right. I mean, I wouldn't want to do any of that. That all sounds bad. There's a value in the technology. Um, chat just said it for accessibility options and stuff like yeah. there's merit to it sure. for sure. Sure. Um, it's just, you know, they gotta be smart about how they do it. Like it, it's one of those things where again, like, like with the six axis stuff, like it just got forced into games and it made games worse for it. It was like, what if, you know, what if throwing a grenade in this game was absolutely just annoying instead of a cool thing you did? You know, what if every time you have to balance across a balance beam, you're just like, oh, here's another chore for me to oh, do. Like, yeah. it's just bad. So they just need to stay away from that. Put it in. Like, I think the the way they're using it for, you know, space games makes perfect sense. Everybody wants to be able to go raise shields and then computer raid shields like, computer that sounds uh, cool that, yeah you get excited just saying that on your own <laughs> so like it's yeah. it's good you just got to find the right uses for it and i i don't know nothing about a zombie game makes me go yeah that's the right place for for this it's an but, odd start i agree it's a little bit weird all right a couple other things playstation 5 speaking of which they uh showed off a new controller and you might think wait don't they just put out a new controller this is their answer to the Xbox. What's it called? Pro. No. What's it called? Uh, yeah, I think it's called like. You have one, don't you? You have the. I, I did. Um, Xbox yeah. Prolapse controller. Series Pro series, or something like that. Elite. Elite it. series controller. That's it. Yeah. So it's got the paddles underneath. It's got everything's interchangeable. It's really expensive. Um but they, <laughs> it's, it's for, <laughs> what are its features? Interchangeable. You get to tell people you spent a lot of money on a controller. Yeah. yeah. And it's really high end, really nice. I mean, everybody I hear that has one loves those things. Um, PlayStation 5 now has something like that. So watch for that. And again, I see paddles on the bottom. I see all these, you know, little tweaks. It feels exactly like that. They're just trying to make one of those and would make it, you know, of course, PC compatible, which is, you know, one area whether whether no matter what you think of, the last two or three generations of consoles, Microsoft became the default PC controller. Like it just did and is t- still like prominently the, the controller you use on your PCs from the 360 all the way up yeah. to these Series X controllers. Um, and I think Sony would like to have a little I more of that. I use bread. a 360 controller for my PC. Yeah, it's great. Those are great. They're great. Do you have the dongles? Is that how you do it? No, I use put batteries in it. They last a long time. Is it just Bluetooth then? Because the old ones didn't have oh, Bluetooth. Oh, yeah, it's Bluetooth. I have, I have, yeah, sorry, there is a dongle for the Bluetooth. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I use a, a wired one, but it's still, I mean, that's just the standard. And But there are plenty of games that su- support the Sony layout. It's just Sony hadn't seemed that hungry for it. This yeah. looks like Mine's also worn in like a baseball glove, too. Like the I've, I've new ones, I find the they snap back a little too easy, you know? Mm. And I just find the older ones, they're a little, they're a little more loose. They're very loose, actually. They seem to have a larger range, and uh, I'm just like I said, it's worn in like a, a you know, feels 
just feels like my controller. I get, I get, I play on the Xbox, and I'm like, man, this controller's like. Yeah, I just use a Series X shoe. controller. Yeah, uh, that I plug in. Yeah, it works that's great. I see, that's, that one that's, I can't use. Great. One. You don't like the new ones, do you, Bo? I like them. No, I don't. I love them. I yeah, think they're pretty great. Good. Yeah, yeah it's just a preference thing. Like I said, this is like an old baseball glove, right? I've tried them. Uh, they they work great. They're nice product and everything, but uh, uh, give me my, give me my 360 controller any day of the week. Nice. Well, that's the, and they've dominated that. So maybe Sony can make some ground there with like gamers that are taking that stuff super serious. Um, in this list, a couple of things I'd pull out. Sonic Frontiers got a release date and they showed a little bit more of it. I don't know why I'm curious about Sonic Frontiers. I shouldn't care less for this, but it's for some a big reason, IP and it's a, I kind of want to know how they pull it off. Like, is it fun? It's open worldy looking. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Open world makes sense for a guy who runs fast everywhere. You know? <laughs> really yeah. does. Like the Give design, try, the know? design of Sonic games has never really made sense based on the premise of the character. I agree. Well, especially when he would run and have a sudden stop out of nowhere. Yeah, I they, hate that. like let's make levels where, like, you even watch speedrunners play Sonic games, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think, surely, if anybody plays a Sonic game and it looks the way it should look, it should be a speedrunner because you should just see him like hold to the right constantly and never stop. No, they're stopping all the time because that's the design of the game. That's not fun. That's not what Sonic's about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Skippy on the chat reminds me too, those adaptive triggers on the PS4 or PS5 controllers, the DualSense controllers, those are pretty rad because they are there. I don't even know how they work. They freak me out, to be honest, because sometimes you're just using it. They feel like triggers. Click, click, click. No big deal. Like everybody's triggers. But then I got a bow and I pull back on it and the trigger's like hard to pull on. It's like eh, there's like this just right amount of resistance on it. And then it sometimes, yeah. sometimes I have a gun or something and it straight up stops at the halfway point. No matter how strong I am, I can't pull it any further. I don't know how they're doing that. It's mind blowing to me the way those work. So anyway, more of that, please. And even Microsoft hinted there like, yeah, we love what Sony did with their controller. We may have to do some of that moving forward. Yeah. Because that's what a Phil, new Xbox controller at some point, I'm that, sure. That's what Phil says. You know, lift that idea. Yeah. Sounds like a Phil thing to do, doesn't it? Like. We like what our competitors are doing, and we're going to... That's such a thing for him to say. We'll yeah. talk about him in a second. The other thing was Gotham Knights. Uh, for the for once in 2022, a game is coming out earlier than they told us. Whether that game's any good, I don't know. But Gotham Knights, the uh, uh, the the uh, Arkham Origins developers game about all the Robins and everybody trying to avenge Batman's death, uh, that's coming sooner, like by two weeks or something this year. Whereas the other one, the uh, Kill the Justice League Suicide Squad thing, which is made by the proper Arkham team. Yeah, the Rocksteady. Rock Steady. That's not till like way late next year or something. So, and yes, Batman. It, the Batman dies part is not a spoiler chat. That's the setup of the game. The entire point of the game is Batman's dead. Is he really dead? I don't know. But in the game. Probably not. Probably he not. Usually isn't. But <clears throat> Nightwing and Red Hood and everybody's got to do their shit. Batgirl, everybody's got to do their stuff to try to figure out who killed him and stop it and all that. He's probably not dead is my guess because Batman never dies. Not truly. Yeah, yeah He's just pretending to be dead. So yeah. they actually do something. <laughs> exactly right. All right. Speaking of Phil Spencer, um, Phil Spencer responds to Bo confirming he goes to bed at 10 p.m. and is, does not stay up all night playing games. His friends tease him for being a bedtime lame Yeah. So he did an interview on Bloomberg, and this is the, one of the first things that came up. He's like, <laughs> I just want to say 
I just want to say he didn't name me, but I know he was talking to me because he I said it. he looks like he stays up on late playing games. Yeah, it felt so. Phil, if you're listening, sorry about saying you, you shit your pants at night. I just you know you're st- you still feel like one of us, but uh, okay. I think you still. I, I, I don't know if I believe you necessarily. There are some people who play games and then go to bed in timely fashion. Yeah. I think Scott's there, but I also think you probably stay up too late playing Steam Deck and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So so when he says in this interview, how many hours a week do you play video games? And he answers 15. I immediately doubled that to 30. (laughs) Well, well, maybe he's too busy being a CEO and can't, you know. He's got to give an appropriate answer that fits in the I'm definitely enjoying the product, but I'm working very hard. I know the gamer lies that gamers tell. We all know them here. He's thirty. It's he's thirty. He's either thirty or he's two. But that would put him in liar category. And he's too genuine. I I think he's just he is too genuine. That's what makes his salesmanship as a CEO so palatable and good. Um, that there is some realness behind all of that. And um, anyway, so anyway, sorry, Phil, for casting aspersions i was glad to hear your friends roast you for going to bed so early sure just because you're a ceo of xbox doesn't mean i i assume you have like helpers and stuff so you know but maybe you just like going to bed at that time because that works for you but sure sure i think he's deservedly roasted did say something really interesting about mobile he says the biggest gaming platform is mobile games in his view he's not wrong it just is by the numbers so you know whether we like it or not he's he's right he says they're regretful that Microsoft doesn't add a native platform in the fight, and mobile was a big motivation for the ABK uh, acquisition. So King is the you know the meat there, uh, and the IP and player base player base of Blizzard for uh, what they may do in future mobile stuff. So like it or not, they see that writing on the wall as well. And uh, mm. I don't know; they're attacking it from every angle. So on the one hand, it's like, well, we need to have some native mobile stuff happening, but also we're going to make it so Game Pass plays on mobile, and you can hook a controller up to mobile and everything from tablets to phones to to televisions with built-in Game Pass capability. Like this is our strategy, and they're I think they're smart to do that. And it is a bummer for them. Like Windows Phone was never successful enough, um, and there's lots of reasons why. But whatever you can. We can get in that at a different time, but that and their acquisition of Nokia went nowhere uh, years ago. There um, was the other thing they did there for a minute. Uh, I forgot. Oh, the Zoom. The Zoom could have turned into a platform that was much bigger and ex- included more, including phone capability. They just just never quite got their head around it. I'd say it worked out for them pretty well because the advantage is they can come out and be like, "Yeah, we don't want to be platform native." Because they're not massively invested in, in selling their own platform. Right? Yeah, they used like, to be. If they actually now. had hardware they had to ship. Yeah. The guys in the hardware part of the company are not going to be pleased with Phil Spencer going like, "Eh, play it on whatever." You know, like they want to succeed too, probably. And uh, so, so it it sort of just makes uh, in in a way you you always lament, you know, maybe like what isn't working well, but I think this is actually an advantage for Microsoft currently. So it's a good take. Um, he also reconcer- reconfirmed his basic take on exclusivity. I actually really like this quote, so I'm going to read it. He says, your two kids want to play together, but they bought the wrong piece of plastic and that sucks. Reducing friction should be the top goal of any gaming of the gaming industry. Unquote. I, I agree with him, dude. 
make it less hard for people to play and save and move and all that. I'm, I'm a big fan of this sort of thing. Nothing makes me sadder than a brand new cool looking game on Steam. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get that. And then I find out it doesn't have Steam Cloud Save yet or something. And I'm just immediately annoyed because now I'm like, well, I, I want to take that with me and play it on my desktop. And yeah. I can't. So it's, this is a little like that. Um, I think, I don't know if anyone should read into that too much, but if that's really his attitude and, you know, higher ups don't fight him on it, maybe that does mean a more platform agnostic Activision Blizzard content thing moving forward. Maybe Call of Duty's forever everywhere. Um, I think, again, it's their situation that puts them in that boat, though, because um, they have the they have like a lot the back end on the cloud, right? Like they're positioned in such a way that they're not coming out and saying something like this is not harming any part of their business. Yeah. You know, I think if they were deep on like you might say they're deep on their Xboxes, uh, but I, I don't that. Those are loss leaders. Their bread is not buttered on those machines. They only give those machines out so they can get Game Pass on it, or the bread is buttered. But if Game Pass, you know, if their service can be everywhere, then why not? I don't know. Judging by how TV went, I think the, I think the Game Pass thing is a limited window of opportunity for them. Oh, interesting. I don't think they're, Netflix doesn't remain Netflix forever. I don't think Game the only way Game Pass remains Game Pass forever if, is if it does have, if it does command a lion's share of, while not platform exclusive, Game Pass service exclusive titles, you know, or, you know, however the strategy works long term. That's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's happening I mean, now, but how will that be in 10 years? That's like everyone's behind the eight ball, so we kind of laugh. Either, either it's like a Ubisoft play where it's just their services or it's like EA, like they've all been half-assed, but that's not going to last forever. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that, I saw a lot of cynicism about this quote uh, saying like, you know, he says that he, you know, wants to reduce uh, friction let everybody play together. Meanwhile, Microsoft's buying up exclusives left and right. But I think to Bo's point, I think that that is like future plans because I, I think he's right. I think eventually as people realize more and more that subscription plans are a, a good way to get your products out there. When that happens, Netflix is judged based on what it brings to the table. Like it's Netflix exclusives, whether that's, what they have exclusive streaming rights to or what their originals are. And I think it would be foolish for Microsoft to just be like, well, no, we're the only one really doing it right now. So we don't need to worry about any exclusivity because we'll all play nice together. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I don't really, I, it's a fair criticism to be like, Oh yeah, you're all play together. Then why are you making all these purchases and acquisitions? But I also think it's realistic. Uh, to just the direction that the business is moving into. Yeah, I agree. He declined to comment about Bobby Kodak getting booted out of ABK, ABK or not. Um, that bummed me out a little bit. Also, that stuff's ongoing. I don't think they, I mean, that's just lawyer stuff. You, they yeah, they haven't you. even acquired him, so I don't yeah. I don't think they could make that. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get to talk about that stuff yet. Give it some time. Maybe he will. Maybe maybe he'll never. I, hope, get to talk I mean, about I hope him. they do. It will certainly. We will be on this show going. Wait, we're really disappointed if they're like. And here's our new chief advisor, Bobby Kotick, after uh. they merge. Like, like yes, we're going to be unhappy about it. But I mean, like now's not the time to figure that out. It hasn't even happened yet. So let's let's see what happens. Funny enough, today I don't know if anyone noticed. I'm wearing an Activision shirt. Um, 
It actually yeah. it was given to me by a tech who worked for Activision uh, in the, on the back end of things. And uh, I had to defend it twice today on stream. So I'll just get out ahead of it now and just say it's a really comfortable shirt. And maybe they're being sold into better hands, and this in no way endorses Bobby Kotick as a decent human being. Oh, okay. people are taking it as a signal that you're like, I don't. I, poor I, guy. Pro, pro, purchased pro by Bobby. Activision. I'd Look wear a shirt. That I would stop short of. There are very few things I wouldn't wear in a shirt because who cares? You're, you're it's a damn pro, shirt. You're pro union busting and pro workplace sexual <laughs> right. harassment. Exactly. I mean, I agree it's stupid, but also, yeah, that, that uh, there's a lot of stupid people out there. Yeah, gonna- and I'm not advertising it. I'm just wearing a shirt that I happen to have in my closet. Honestly, that's how it works with me. If I had a shirt yeah, with uh, yeah. with uh, Hello Kitty on it and it was comfortable, I'd be, I'd be wearing it. I, don't oh, care. I worked at a GameStop for years. I wore nothing but video game advertisement shirts for a long time. I didn't have to buy clothes for so long. They just sent promo material after promo material. It was always shorts or, or, or shirts. Uh, sometimes shorts. Their underwear really? was sent. Out Whoa! Sometimes what boxers. Was the, what was the underwear? Like a Nintendo, like Kirby uh, underwear? What was or what? it? What it was that? It wasn't Ghosts and Goblins, but it was that game that was trying to be in the vein of it, like Maximus. Uh, and like remember. the whole idea was he got hit and his armor would fall off like the old ghosts and goblins game mm. and he'd just be running around in underwear. So they sent <laughs> pairs of boxers <laughs> to everybody. That makes sense. Sure. The most comfortable shirt that I had, and I took like four of them was, uh, for Metroid prime. It was this green, like military style t-shirt. Mm. And I don't know what they made those out of, but they stretched just right and they were incredibly comfortable i would love that. i i know that i had at least three of those shirts and two of them eventually had to get thrown out simply because you could see straight through the shirt i wore it so much so uh those were the best that so was the best so you're out nippling when you're in those shirts and eventually your mom's like dude oh no this had been after that you weren't your mom you weren't answering to your mom at that point I don't think I might have been like a little bit. still GameStop era. Yeah. It's like, cause John? I, I was living at home for a couple years. I can see, I can see your areola again through your prime shirt. Time to, <laughs> yeah. time to put that away. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see what else he say. Uh, Oh, I like this. Talked about metaverse. Uh, gamers have already been in the metaverse for the past 30 years was his answer. Yeah. That was my favorite quote because that's the way I feel about it every time somebody starts talking about it. Like the the amount of conversations we've had on this show about the metaverse and like, here's why it's revolutionary. I'm like, this shit is going on every single weekend at Limsa Go hang out, talk to somebody. You'll get invited to a bar where everybody's RPing and hanging out and doing the stuff that they do. Like this stuff is literally everywhere it's been going on for a long time you don't need vr to do it it probably adds a new level of immersion sure but it's been around well in in theory they're talking about everything's connected metaverse because that's the whole definition of metaverse so the idea would be you could go from your limsa lominsa whatever the hell you say it yeah, uh, you got it right actually it you can go, you can go from that sex party and then just transition straight over into whatever world of warcraft what's theirs um 
uh, the place uh, Goldshire goes straight into the Goldshire yeah. debauchery, and then you're like, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the mood to walk around Conan Land, and then you could do that immediately, like that. You can do that on your computer. You can, yeah, you can I, have them both open at the same time. But I know what you mean. Steam, you know what I mean. I've installed multiple games on it. What they what they want. I agree with you guys that, it's, that that we've been doing it in chunks, and we are we understand the idea of what the community part of it means more than they do on a corporate level. One hundred percent, I agree. However. To be fair, uh, they're talking about two things. One, metaverse meaning the it's an it's a universe fully connected in the way our physical world is, but in in cyber world space. Yeah, they're but they also the mean system. but they also it's, mean who's going to own it. That's also what they're talking about, it, and who's going to make the most money. V, if VR becomes a mainstay, there's going to be an operating system for for it. Yeah. That's what the metaverse is code for that. Yeah, it's that is whatever, kind of what Microsoft they mean. Windows Windows commands a lot of sway. It has a lot of market share, a lot of influence, a lot of businesses use it. Zuckerberg Big wants to be or, that, by the way. That's what they that, want to so be. So metaverse is code for operating system. Yeah. Like and the idea of an operating system on a headset is not what it looks like on a PC. Obviously, there's programming and stuff going on behind the scenes. But you as a user, when you use your operating system, you click shiny buttons. Ooh, what? Here's a button. It opens my browser. Ooh, so in what does that look like? Are you going to have just shiny buttons in the metaverse? We're still figuring out the best way to use your, elect, your digital device in the VR space. Yeah. And I think metaverse... There's just a lot of like bullshit and marketing that goes along with it that it's been poorly done. Hundred percent. It's been poorly done. They need to hire a games company to kind of just help them with that side of things to sell some sizzle or something. Yeah. Because they because they're. I have a quest too. It's a good freaking product. You can shit on Facebook and Meta all you want, but thumbs up on an affordable headset that functions flawlessly, smoothly, like as an excellent experience. That's a great piece of hardware and a great piece of software running it, in my opinion, at least from a user. Yeah, no, that's great. They, oh, they actually should be receiving high praise for that. And so, you know, and like what's Xbox, by the way, we praise Xbox all the time. They're doing nothing with VR. Sony's doing way better. Well, they've got stuff VR. going on, but it's none of it's for us. It's for well, nothing right now. Right. Like, yeah. uh, so they don't, you know, they don't, we're not giving most anticipated awards to Xbox here on the core show, but, um, <laughs> but, but Facebook has, meta has done a phenomenal job of the hardware and is still doing, I'm looking forward to seeing their new headsets. They're killing it. This is a great piece of, they're kit. way out in front with that for sure. And, and, yeah. um, so that's why I look at this metaverse stuff as a bunch of hooey that they, they just need to hire a team to market this better. Like whatever strategy is going on there sucks. And they, I think they need, they can still call it metaverse if they want, but really we're talking about operating systems. They just need to be honest about it. I don't even think it's operating system. Like it needs to be the internet. The internet works like this. I have a browser. I hop on, I look at it. I go, this is cool. I want to go somewhere else. I click that. It takes me there. I didn't change well, my front end. It's the same interface. That, my window didn't change. I'm just that's going. That's the issue. It, it, internet was built to be usable. Like you don't have to pay a toll gate to, you, I guess you have to pay an ISP. Exactly. But you don't have to pay a toll gate to Google to use your Google. Exactly. Service. And that's my point. It or needs to be HTTP. like that. That And if, if anyone thinks it's going to be gated, they're wrong. This is where they screw up. It's not going to be yeah. Meta or Microsoft or anybody. It will be, it has to be open standards 
and gateways to anywhere I want to go, no matter where it is, what it is, what I'm doing. That's how it has to be. Anything short of that is them hoping, but it ain't happening. They're going to be, there'll be AOLs for hot seconds. And then people will go, there's so much more outside of this. Why are we stuck in here? There'll be a new language. You won't have frogpants.com. You'll have frogpants.world. Yeah, I'm ready. When they want to find your content, they'll go to frogpants. They'll be greeted by your beautiful drawings and they can, whatever, if if barfing is the way we control things, they can barf their way to the page they want and go, and and that picks the, the changes the world dynamically around them. And you'll see other people barfing. Like it'll be 15 people visiting your website and you can see them there. Set it to private. So you don't see anyone. Yeah. Um, and like, that's like experiencing VR content that way is going to be a lot of fun. It's like the interactables, right? Like what's fun and interactive, like clicking like buttons, commenting Mm -hmm. is going to be, you know, um, dancing or something you know if you want to say hello to someone you go bop 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 boop or whatever like ends up being the thing that works yeah and and like i still like that they're doing something with it i'm i'm turning into a pretty stalwart vr enthusiast and and but i um, see i'll go a step further and say i'm like cheering them on to win but it can't depend on vr being your interface it can't it has to be everything everywhere it's got to be my phones let me into that world my tv screens let me into that world all my devices let me into that world and vr is a prominent way to be in that world but it can't be the only way or else this is all not going to happen at least not until we're all wearing glasses and it's well like like all things transition right like what it sounds like is you know all those movies that like came out you know 40 years ago 30 40 years ago and they set the future as like the time we're in now yeah and they had all these stupid ideas of what it was going to be like like 2015 for uh yeah uh back to the future and all that yeah back future yeah too. and it was it was just like they're gonna be doing this and they're gonna be doing this it's gonna be crazy in the future it's gonna be yeah. crazy yeah. and like if you look at the technological advancements it is crazy, like how far we've come. All you have to do is think about like how much space is on a like a floppy disk compared to what is on a thumb drive, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's mind blowing, mm-hmm. mind blowing. You think about the way we used to download images and shit like that back in the day, like crazy innovation. But it doesn't look like any of the stuff they talked about <laughs> because the reality is the future looks a lot like the present with a little bit more convenience. Yeah, you're and not like, wrong. That's the way it really You're not goes. wrong, but there was a time if you watched Star Trek TOS, the original series and you saw Kirk and everybody rocking around with these things in their pockets they could talk to each other and where they were or even even lesser when they're at a desk in his office and he's got a semi sort of thin screen and Spock's on it talking from the basement of the ship wherever the hell that is down in engineering and they're doing it in real time. That all seemed insane at the time. Like, just this is yeah. never going to happen. And now we do that stuff. We're doing it right now, literally. Yeah, but this stuff, like, I just want to push back on that just a little bit because this stuff's not science fiction. It all exists now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it yeah, requires, but there's it, a it difference needs, between it exists and it works and it's widely adopted and used yeah, by It needs people. investment. It needs investment. That's why f- Facebook has, you know, like a flying car exists. It needs investment. Right, but it actually this it's actually function. It exists like VR chat. It's a yes, thing. All a flying we need, car exists. It, it's real. It exists. No, it's real. It's not, a compa- it's not an acceptable comparison. One. Like a flying car exists, <laughs> but is riddled with problems. VR chat exists, and 
doesn't have pro it works like you're you we're, this is apples and oranges what it needs is infrastructure and some investment we got to get the headset weight down we got to slowly it's going to be slowly there are a lot of people who are like vr super dumb a lot of people thought internet was dumb all the like, i was it was a niche thing now everyone's got a computer or a phone like so we can I, there are good use cases to sit on your couch, toss on your glasses instead of a big headset, shop on Walmart for 30 minutes, and have an interactive experience with other people. Like, I, I that is not outside, that is not science fiction. That is like in just, you know, you can do that stuff now. much investment yeah. away, mm -hmm. and that'll be a thing. And You're like, totally right. phones can convert into, um, you know, cardboardy uh, VR headset. What if the phones in the next 10 years come equipped with some ability to strap it onto your face? What if your phone is your pair of glasses? Like you, you through bone conduction, you might even be able to strap on the glasses, make a phone, have a video phone call in a virtual space, take the glasses off. Like that is not far away. It's just investment in becoming the incumbent for the infrastructure. Cause you're right. It's not adopted widely yet. It also depends but, on the practicality. But it's, like, it's like you can see it on the horizon. We're yeah, not, we're not talking you're, about flying cars with problems totally with right. laws of physics and, and like the reality of, of accidents. Yeah. Um, we're it's actually available. We just need. I think we the bandwidth could still be increased because we're going to be sending more information, and then we need the headsets to be able to process a little more data to increase the fidelity. I find fidelity quite low and that's part of the issue. Yeah, for but, sure. All of that's all, everything you like said is true. The drives, but the drives got smaller. Yeah, but there's still a practicality issue here, and that's the one. I, that's the one thing I have a hard time putting my finger on because I'm I like VR a lot. I'm a proponent. Uh, I just think that it's, it's more. It's more than just hey. One one huge aspect is that they didn't get small enough, thin enough. I totally agree. They, that needs yeah. to just keep happening until they're almost like putting on a pair of Ray Bans and you're and you're sure. in. If they weigh as much as this. Yeah, like a pair of Ray-Bans yeah. are a little heavier, but yeah. still... Even then, I think they have no. to be... They just got to keep getting smaller and I feel lighter. like they easily could. I feel like the most obvious connection is we've got all this cloud computing business where it's like, put the graphic load on these processors that could, in theory, have unlimited you know, yield as long as you have a good, strong connection. You connect that to how important mobile infrastructure is and how fast it's getting... And all of a sudden now you have a device that all it needs to do is be able to display over the glasses and have a strong enough internet connection to connect to something far more powerful running in the background. And you've got 90% of what you need in just that situation. Yeah, I've been playing um, Skyrim over Airlink as well. Even though I have the cable, it saves on battery actually. So I plug it in, but I do it over Airlink. So my visual feed is being fed wirelessly. Uh, to me so so yeah the the key is you're going to want nine a refresh rate of 90 like you want a high refresh rate because it, it's disorienting for a lot of people when there's flicker and jerking it's not good but yeah it's not we're, we're you're not far uh, you're not wrong. definitely investment there. and progress needed but we are not far out we're there that. we're almost there my again my whole thing though is it will it will all come down to what's convenient for people but not just that, like if it's going to become a part of our life and the way our phones have and the way the internet has, then it has to be 
applied to life in ways that make sense and aren't just people sitting vegging on their couch and not doing anything, just like spending all their time in VR. I don't think that ends up being the future at I, all. I, I, I actually disagree. I've had my VR headset. I play a lot of stuff seated. I sit down. I sit down. And I Last night, I, log, I played Skyrim for hours, and I was like, oh, let me log off. And then I actually put the headset back on, and I got lost down a K-pop rabbit hole. Because you're looking for side-by-side uh, side videos, and something entertaining I discovered is Korea's really embraced um, VR video. Like, it's hard to find it, just entertaining YouTube stuff. Like, I, this show, would, you know, I'd, I'd watch something like this if it was in VR video. Like, I, I want to see the 3Dness. I want the quality. And then I found that the dance troops, like the K-pop dance troops, will actually do, like, a one-off VR video and it's you're like it's like you're right there on stage with them watching them dance feeling them in that 3D space. Sorry, feeling sounds gross. I just mean like you're 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 feeling it's just hits different when both eyes are getting the stereo vision. It just it works. I agree, but and you're not you but that, that that's not my point. My point is that those things work. They do work. What I'm saying yeah. is you won't work <laughs> if if all you do is spend time in there and not just you. Well, I mean everybody. Said that about internet like World of Warcraft, man, you're going to lose your job. No, I agree. I agree, no, but that's, that's my point. Not, Whatever's sustainable is sustainable and at some point at some point the idea that all we are is in there, I don't think that ever happens. I just don't see. No, no, no. I think the use cases you strap on your headset, you do a bit of shopping, play a game, and like you might use your phone and put it away, you know. And then there might be instant VR Instagram, and so yes, your teenagers are on (laughs) VR Instagram too long, taking VR photos of each other or something. But uh, you know, that's why most companies are betting on mixed, like AR and VR mixed stuff. I really want a VR camera. I just think it's too expensive, but it's. At some point, VR cameras will also be more ubiquitous. So not only imagine taking a snapshot, because you don't have to take video. You can just take a 3D snapshot of your family yeah. and put on your thing and look at your family VR photos. And it's like, it's a little more mm, than an actual photo. It just hits different. We'll never, I don't think we'll ever get rid of flat screen stuff. That's the, you know, I don't yeah. think it's like a, a or B. I think it's, we have both, but yeah. uh, VR photos are nice. And VR video is nice. Also, um, what was I going to say? The, uh, I forget. But anyways, it's, it's, uh, I, th- oh, right. Because, um, the camera thing too will really make it interesting. So if you have your VR phone room or something like that, so you can sure. see someone in full body image, you know, like who knows what the conventions of tomorrow will be, but this stuff will, could potentially become oh that's what i want to bring up is is films we also don't have a film language this is the most exciting thing about vr is that you know we have a film language mm-hmm. like if you see something framed improperly maybe you don't art- if you didn't go to film school or something i don't know you can't articulate what you don't like about it but someone didn't follow the rules of filmmaking as they've been carried out like, we don't have that for what a dramatic presentation in vr looks like and I find that exciting, almost like there's a part of me that like, oh, I want to become a VR theoretician. And certainly you see those experiments on VR video sites where people are trying to make weird narrative things mm-hmm. and still don't know quite how to approach it. Like, do you include the viewer? Is the viewer just a voyeur and you build the drama around it so they can, like, how does this all work? So there's like, it's like when f- movies were first made, people were theorizing how to make the first movies and, you know, like uh, Eisenstein is one that comes to mind in the 1920s. He made Battleship Potemkin, a Russian filmmaker, wrote books theorizing that cuts 
uh, juxt uh, two disparate images next to each other synthesized into a third idea that wasn't literally being displayed. And there's like a film theory behind how you are working along with the film to create a thought that isn't actually on the picture based on the cuts and that you could change shot two to other things and change the context. And you're like, well, that's very basic. Isn't that filmmaking? But like they had to theorize that this would be a standard through which we would enjoy film as a narrative experience. And I think that's, it's exciting. That doesn't exist for VR right now, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, it's exciting to be like, holy shit. Like, we're at a moment where, um, you know, these kinds of things can be invented. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens. I'm not sure they'll ever find it. The problem with VR video in a or the the reason film language works for us as story loving creatures is there's a focus to everything. So when we're meant to be listening to somebody, we're focused on them. And if something happens off screen, that's discordant. So moving over here to see what happened is is a tense moment. But you're always being led down a pipe with linear storytelling. And when you talk about VR or potentially VR storytelling and film or whatever, this, the, the technology is all about anywhere, all anywhere I want to be all the time. So if I get bored with what this guy's saying, I can turn around over here and walk over and see what the dog's doing. So it ends up becoming not completely nonlinear, even though they're still trying to tell you a story. How are you going to, yeah, like that's like an interactive experience. I'm talking about strictly a passive video experience. Yeah. But that's what What I mean. Like Like, what, what is even, because anything, anything that's directed isn't really a VR experience. You're just on rails, right? Yeah. Like, like all movies and TV shows are on rails, but you can have those experiences with a different format of filmmaking. Like, Imagine it's a movie about a couple arguing. I think there's one called Divorce Story, for example, and it's told through shots. What is that movie? How is that movie just as impactful or is that experience if you're literally sitting between two adults arguing and they're performing to such a degree that it's like a real video, a real story, but like, do you tell it in cuts? Like, how does that, what doesn't exist, a, a standard through which we tell uh, filmic uh, tales with VR cameras and, uh, you know, so because what you're talking about is like interactivity, which is also, you know, my computer, I can watch a movie, but I can play a video game or visit a website. And those are like distinct activities, but film is film. And I think there will still be video in VR. It'll be VR video, but we don't have a VR film language yet. Yeah. And Even in video very, games, I've seen some very bad ones. <laughs> Even when video games go, speak in the language of film, they stop and tell us something, you know, they don't, it's, it's me running around as Bayek and uh, the old, you know, ancient Egypt doing lots of random things, anything I want to do. But the minute I talk to that lady camera switches, she talks to me and talk to her, it switches back and forth. I can't control. I can speed it up and get out of there or cancel it or whatever. But if I want to listen to that story, it's being told in this traditional way. It will be really interesting to see how that evolves because yeah, Sometimes you're in a set piece in a video game like Halo 3, the final sequence where you're in the warthog trying to get out of there and you're missing all those mm-hmm. those panels that are falling away. And if anyone remembers that, I don't for some reason, I totally remember it. Um, and I think it was three, not two. But anyway, that's that's a very filmic moment or very epic moment that's happening in real time all around you. Uh, the Nathan Drake games are like that too. Lots of shit falling apart, things exploding. You just, you hope you're going the right direction. That's cinematic, but 
it feels like there we have more to explore there like other yeah, ways to yeah. figure out what the hell our brains want to see in this it's super interesting bad. even just because what resonated with what you said there was you have a shot of somebody and then somebody else and they're talking and you get that it's a conversation that had to be invented just two yeah. people talking yeah like there was a point in time where we had film but we never put them together to make people talk and it be a thing like just as as basic as that like and then it was like oh when we put these shots together people understand they intuit natively that it's a conversation they mm-hmm. don't have to have them because old talkies everyone's all in the same shot right like you know true they're not doing as much cutting as now like there's millions of cuts in a film but you know anyway. yeah it's uh, um I'm, I'm excited about vr and you know phil didn't really talk about it so that sucked but uh, <laughs> but we did <laughs> but overall it was still great so i don't mean it we really i don't really mean to take away from his no it's all good he he uh, i like this thing he said about nfts he says he's cautious on them he says quote it creates a worker force out of the players and mentioned this has also existed already aka gold farmers uh 100 agree that's the right thing to say about all that because it is kind of that fun like what's ceos <laughs> especially nowadays all the ceos are like yeah we got a little nft something going yeah. you know uh, he's like he brings up gold farmers which I know for everyone listening and for us, we know what a gold farmer is, but there are still people that I, I mentioned. If I say the word gold farmer, they'll be like, oh, I have no idea. They'll yeah. think of an actual miner probably like, mm-hmm. or not know what I mean. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, I love he, that. He's, he uses in, 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 uh, in culture. Language. And his, his 30 hours a week that you've applied to him. He's been playing. Yeah, he knows 30 hours. He also, uh, well, we're getting to the best part. The last item we can't skip. Okay. So. He says he's currently playing cult of the lamb. That's not the last part, but he's playing that right now, which is kind of hilarious. Cause that game was under a little bit of controversy for, uh, was it Gary Witta or somebody says they have information claiming that Sony paid that team or that, that game off developer publisher, whatever, to not put that one on game pass. I heard that was not true, but I also heard the rumor that that was the game. Yeah, so, that's what I. It is. Gary Witta. Gary Witta claims he knows 100 percent that it is that game and what happened, but I don't know if he's offered any proof or anything. So I have no idea. But pretty weird, that whole thing. But anyway, okay. Here's the best thing. He confirmed that Satya Nadella, the CEO of all things Microsoft, the entire biz, caught him playing games while they were on a meeting once. Yeah, that's great. And broadly, the question was, do you play games on meetings? And his rea- he was not like, no, of course not. He was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at Scott Johnson right now. That's what I felt like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's kind of, every time you're like, I had a meeting this week, but uh, I played uh, Shipbreakers. Happens right all game. the time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why he oh. listens to this show. He wants Scott's picks for what are good meeting games. Yeah, that's, good meeting that's games. That's really what he's here for. <laughs> I'll give you guys a whole list. Like my deck list last week, I'll give you a. Oh, yeah, that would be great. You actually should do a meeting games list. Oh, I updated that today. I added a... a, Oh, your Steam deck list. Tremunda, Tremunda, what's it called? The the 40K... Tremunda, Tremunda. What's it called? (laughs) Necromundo, or Necromunda... The, yeah, the Warhammer Forty K Necromunda is it the one you're? Yeah, it's a Hive World thing. Anyway, What's it's all the slash command for it again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. God but... just made me want to watch a movie that doesn't exist. That doesn't Tremunda exist. From Down Under. Necromunda. I... Necromunda. That's it. Necromunda. Is that right? It's the there's a board game too. But anyway, the Steam game called Hired. There it is. Necromunda Hired Gun. Necromunda, that's it. Okay, the slashes slash deck games. Yes. 
this game com slash deck games. There you go. Thank you. Uh, the, the the this game is like Doom. It's basically Doom, but on, in the 40k universe. I, th- I think Bo would actually really like this game. Anyway, I got this game awesome. working on the on the Steam Deck really well, so I updated it today. So today you got a handful of new 3D and 2D games added to the list at, at frogpants.com slash deck games. So uh, check that out if you're interested. But I think you'd like this game, Bo. Oh, this is a single-player game? Yeah. I thought it was a multiplayer game no. for some reason. No, it's basically Doom. Like I, Oh, shit. In a, in a pretty good way. I mean, I, I think it plays really well. Um, the world design is insane. Like, I kind of want to spend time in this place in an RPG or something. So if I had only one complaint, it would be I, I kind of wish they went for something that wasn't just a shooter. It's a really good shooter, though. Um, I know there's, there's some the, the reviews. Some of the older reviews are a little middling, but the newer ones are a little more positive. On it. I really liked it, but it plays great on the deck. Is this a good meeting deck. game? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Great meeting game. Except you'll look, great- you'll look intense. You'll look like you're doing something hardcore. Yeah, so maybe not the best meeting game. Yeah, we, maybe we not. We need criteria because I was going to say you should add to your Dex games list by putting me- good meeting games. Yeah, good meeting games is a great idea, actually. I might do that. Yeah. Um, all right. There's that. Because they're fun, but you don't, you, know, you don't risk blowing your cover. Yeah, which you don't want. To, you don't want to risk that. And then women can tell Phil to go ref- refer to that list. <laughs> All right. Imagine Phil Spencer <laughs> was visiting your website to find your list of best meetings. That'd be amazing, right? We live in. I can't even imagine. But you if reach he reached out or just give me a little win. I swear to God, he was answering me when I was watching that interview. I was like, it's like he's talking to he's me. He's right there, man. Yeah, he's listening so. the whole time. Maybe he is. I don't know. We've had weirder I mean, things you, happen. You never know. You never know. But I just, the way he answered it, it was like he was literally talking. Dude, uh, freaking oh Dead Mouse called and left a voicemail for my Diablo show. Anything can happen. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying it just felt that way. And I was like, <laughs> I, 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 who else is talking to him about this? Like you don't play enough hours of video games. Is that like, maybe that is a thing. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Well, there's that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, quick pee break. And when we come back, dear Martha, even though dear Martha's got COVID right now, but yeah, uh, or I guess the people calling writing to Martha have COVID. Well, but be, anyway, dear sexy Martha, dear sexy Martha, sexy exactly. But we're gonna do that uh, real quick. We'll come right back after a quick pee, and we'll continue from there. So stay tuned, everybody. All right, I'm gonna be honest here. When I first thought that there was no chance that mobile gaming for me would ever rival that of any other kind of gaming it was mainly because i just didn't see it i just thought well i've got to hold the phone this way and i got to use a touch screen every time so you know action experiences or games that are more suited for consoles are just never gonna never gonna feel right but i was wrong they feel absolutely right when i use my backbone so what's holding you back from the ultimate gaming experiences Is it the hundreds of dollars it costs for your setup? Are you too busy or on the go for a few minutes to spare? Well, guess what? You got a phone and you can level up your game with Backbone. It's a universal gaming essential that instantly enhances your gaming experience on mobile. Boy, howdy, is this true? Backbone just released the PlayStation edition of their beloved Backbone 1. I actually have both of these now and I love them. The official license controller for the PlayStation was brought to life in collaboration with the PlayStation design team. When you see it, you'll know that immediately. The elegant colors, materials, and finishes are all inspired by the design of the PS5 DualSense controller, all the way down to the transparent face buttons and its visually distinctive floating appearance. Simply put, in your iPhone, in the backbone, 
and enjoy console quality controls as you play console games via remote play or cloud streaming services, app store games, all that kind of stuff. I have an Apple uh, uh, Arcade subscription. Everything in there as part of that uh, services uh, commitment, everything in there is controller ready. And as a result, extremely ready for the backbone. I love it. It's simple to take on, to take off. Doesn't need any separate batteries of its own. It just uses the phone. You can charge through the device to the phone and charge your phone that way if you want to. And uh, I love it. I've been playing um, all sorts of stuff on there. Game Pass, PlayStation uh, Remote, or whatever it's called. What's it called? PlayStation, PlayStation Remote Play. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, it's fantastic on there as, as, as well. And I think what you guys will like about it, well, the instant access to tons of games that now play the way you like to play. No more obstructing your game with your fingers or having them all in the way. This controller does all of it for you. And they're fantastic. Go to playbackbone.com slash core right now and order your backbone. And for a limited time, by the way, get free access to over 350 console games and perks. Backbone is now the official partner of Diablo Immortal, by the way. Not only is the game specifically optimized for the backbone, but you'll receive $10 off in game perks. Find your next adventure at back, playbackbone.com slash core. That's playbackbone.com slash core. And if you're asking yourselves, hey, uh, how's it do with Game Pass? Perfect. Like, I can't even explain how perfect it is for Game Pass. How, how does it play for uh, something like um, NVIDIA's uh, service? The GeForce Now service. Perfect. All of this stuff and more. Even a Stadia. Are you a Stadia player? Oh, man. You're gonna, you're in for it. Go to playbackbone.com slash core now and get your backbone today. We returned, everyone. And you know what that means. Why it's time for Dear Martha. So, okay. So the way Dear Martha is going to work today is we're going to go back to GamePro Magazine issue 148 from January 2001. And uh, John, anything special here for these letters? Uh, no, we'll do, uh, we'll do two letters really quick. Uh, actually, you know what? We'll just do one. We'll do one letter and one response. We'll just keep it short today. All right, here you go. My dearest Martha, I think there should be a law against game sequels going higher than four. What do you think? (laughs) Yours in this life and the next, Ryan S. Okay. Wow, simple one. Ryan S. just, uh, you know, filling his oats. Uh, does Martha reply to this? Is that I, what happens? Let's see. I haven't tried a Martha voice, so this could fall apart. This terribly, could go real bad, yeah. Reply. Well, let's give it a shot. Here we go. My dearest Ryan S., we think you just made millions of Final Fantasy fanatics very, very angry. Yours forever, Martha. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. They're short and sweet, not stressing your COVID voice too much. And uh, yeah. Martha worked. We got her out. That's all that matters. <laughs> we got her out. She's finally out, everybody. <laughs> Games we played this week. That's the part of the show we're at now. Let me tell you about Hard West 2. Hard West 2. So uh-huh. I played Hard West 1 uh, back when it was a thing. And uh, was it hard? It was hard. Uh, but basically, it was them saying, Hey, what if we did XCOM in the Old West? What if that's the thing we did? And that's what they did. 
Uh, and it was quite good, I thought. It has great turn-based combat, but the overall structure of the thing was a little bit simplistic. It wasn't uh, super deep in terms of like systems or you know, uh, base building or any of that stuff that you would expect from your average uh, XCOM game. Hard West 2, which just recently landed, is much more, it's not only much more in the depth department, but also I think much more of its own thing and in some ways separates itself from the XCOM uh, model uh, even more so. Uh, Number one, it's, you know, full of all this like supernatural crap happening in the old West. You might even think, oh, didn't I play this with Weird West or something? Um, Yeah, I actually kept mixing them up. It's easy to do. I was to like, be man, a sequel to that game came out real quick. <laughs> it's a it's a very thematically similar affair. However, uh, it is turn based tactics combat. Uh, again, set in the old west. One of my favorite things about it is almost every gun has the ability to ricochet off objects in the world and cause more damage or some sneaky damage or some tricky stuff just by ricocheting off a bell or a barrel or or whatever. They really lean Pan into shot. this. Yeah, it, it's a really it's a really great uh, um, effect, but the whole game again is it's set in this like supernatural kind of thing. You're just part of a gang that's like robbing a train, but then you get thrown into these other dimensions and you have to f- deal with it. Um, it's a real step up in terms of like everything looks better, sounds better, the acting's really good. Uh, I am so far really enjoying Hard West too. I think people, if any of what I said sounds good, even if it's just, I like anything turn-based tactics, you, you'll really dig it. Uh, it's got yeah, some, it some neat cool. stuff. It looks cool too. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and big thanks to the dev. They sent me a code and I didn't expect that. That was really nice. And uh, oh, it's nice of them. Yeah, really like it a lot. Uh, that's on Steam, by the way, is where I'm playing that. Uh, and then, in a weird twist of events, <laughs> I played a ton of Guild Wars 2. Not because it's on Steam, because I still just have my other install, but it did get me thinking about it. And um, I don't know what got onto me. I just was like, I'm in the mood for that. Let's play that. So I played a bunch. I even streamed some today for a couple hours before the show. And I finally understand how the mount system works in that game. And um, I hate to tell you guys this. If you're excited about the dragon taming mount thing that's happening in the new World of Warcraft expansion, they straight up rip that shit off. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, I mean that's what everybody everybody says. Yeah, I thought they were kidding. It's literally just lifted right out of here. Uh, I like how it works though. It's a really cool system. I can see why people dig it. I can see why Blizzard would lift it. Actually, it's a pretty good, pretty good system. Um, I'm very early on that, so I've still just got kind of my basic leaping uh, raptor type mount. But there's so much cool physics going on, like this momentum. When he stops, he kind of has to skid to a stop and. I don't know. It feels like there's real weight to these mounts. It's a, uh, they're very cool. I also installed a bunch of shader mods, graphic mods for the game, which is not illegal for their EULA to do. Oh, uh, wow. Unlike other games, some other games of its, of its type. And so uh, I'm, I've made the game look like something that came out this year. <laughs> it looks really good right now. Uh, a bunch of ways to enhance textures. What are you using? Is it like a form of G shade or it is called, hold on GW2 shader. What's the name? I had it right here. G shade 2021 or no, I'm sorry. Reshade is it? Yeah. Reshade it's called. Um, I got the version that somebody went and did all the work to compile into a, like a super easy to use package. And so I, I, Threw him 10 bucks as a way of saying thanks for that. Is it Wabajack? I don't think it's Wabajack. 
I could okay. I could be wrong. Just wondering. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about though. Basically it's an installer that just makes it easy. Yeah, it's really simple. And it yeah. and it um worked right away. And I immediately, like in real time, you can change a million aspects to how the game looks just with this quick menu, hit with the home button and boom, and it's just this big menu. And um I only have like five things going right now that affect it. And I'm sure there are way more I could be employing, but it looks so good already, I'm like afraid to add too much more. It hasn't no, affected no, that him. Stuff's cool. It hasn't I use affected. it for Final Fantasy fourteen. Not reshade, but I use a thing called G Shade, which is similar. You pull up a little Probably almost and, yeah. And, probably same yeah. same sort of thing, right? Like a, a console that has a bunch of uh selectable options and stuff. Yeah. Uh it's, it's impressive. Crazy I what it can do. It is like, crazy. It blew my mind, actually. And some of it is like some people made made some of these that are like, hey, you want it to look like a CRT from ninety three? Here. Uh, do you want it to look like it's running on ASCII code and everything's made up of letters? You can do that. Like it's real weird. Um, yeah, there's one for, uh, for final fantasy again. I'm sure it's there for guild wars two as well, where it will green screen out the entire background and world. So you just have your character in front of a green screen for capture. Oh, I think I saw like one. Yeah. I didn't like, try it though. That's cool. It's crazy. The stuff you can do with it. I mean, you can do black and white. Some of them are extremely graphic intensive. So they're designed more for screenshots than actually playing the game. But sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nuts. The stuff that you can do in that. I had one that has a bloom function that can add like lens flare and a bunch of other stuff. And I turned that on to maximum just to see what would happen. It was a nightmare, but it was cool that it could do it. Uh, turn that off right away. <laughs> But uh, it's uh, really cool and it makes the game look new and um, didn't hit performance at all. And I really like that game anyway. I've always, Every time I play that game, I like it. I always have a good time in that game. They do enough things different than your average MMO with your tab targeting that it, that it just makes me happy. I'm, I'm leveling a brand new Necromancer. He's level 18. Just started him yesterday, so that's pretty quick. Um. I have a couple of level 80s that I just came with getting the expansion or whatever. It's cool. Guild Wars 2, man. That game's good. It's still a threat. And yeah, was, it's packed. There's people all over the effing place in that game. Not packed, but, you know, not not bad well, packed. I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't need to have the whole world playing your game just as long as there's a community of people. It's like, yeah. I ran into an impromptu hangout in a swamp where everybody was just sitting around having some party in the middle of a quest zone. Out. It was really weird, uh, but Guild Wars 2 yeah, is cool. Can, yeah, average concurrence about f- consistently like 5,000. I mean, it's only been out, what, a day? On Steam, long, yeah. But, yeah. But uh, I assume that's just Steam numbers because I don't think they track the the other install, which well, is Well, it's just on SteamCharts.com. So, yeah, it's just Steam numbers. So, right. obviously more because people, not everyone plays through Steam. But right. um, for the one day, you know, it's still 5,000 people. Like, it's still, you know, this isn't private servers or just single players. It's like... Yeah, five thousand people playing. That's concurrent. Plenty, That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, but even that alone is plenty to make an online space a fun place to play. Sure, my my guy's name is Necrotic Joe. That's pretty cool because mm-hmm. he's undead kind of dude, sort of. Not really, but he kind of is. Um, it's fun to hear Liam in that game. He's all over that damn thing. Anyway, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, somebody in my chat today says Bo should play this because the the multiplayer is insane and he would love it. And I thought, well, he may. It's on Steam now. Who knows? I might like. Uh, I keep I, every time it's come up on the show, I'm like, oh yeah, I should play that, and then I can't log in because they 
I couldn't remember my password and they wouldn't let me reset it. They're just like, show us a copy of your receipt or something like I'm like, I don't have that. Do you have high level characters in there you'd want to resuscitate? No, but they were were probably mid-range. Like I'd played for a bit. I just wanted to get in. It wasn't the characters losing that so much. It's just I I didn't want to buy it a second time. I was like opposed to it. So now it's free to play. One thing that I like about it is it takes the most of the conventions of a modern MMO and says, what if we just do it our way, like a different way? And it's, no, I thought it was fun. Like you pick up weapons and get abilities. It's very Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It isn't. It's weird that way. You know, like it's totally different build. You get like a spear. You've been using an ax. You suddenly get a spear. Your build's completely different. Just as fun or funner. You get to fiddle around what you like the most. Um, they've added so much like, uh, transmog stuff and other things like the game's clearly changed since I was in there last. You know, I definitely um, like, I don't have a bad thing to say about the game. I didn't play it a long time, but I remember liking it. Yeah. Guild Wars too. So I spent a bunch of time in that. I'm, I'm kind of rehooked for a bit. We'll see how long it lasts me. Um, farthest frontier. Bo had been raving about that last week. The city builder banished like thing that came out of create entertainment. The guys who made, um, hard or uh grim dawn and i thought well he said so many things that it sounded good to me i'm gonna check that game out and i did i grabbed it uh and that game's great farthest frontiers badass we talked about it at length last week so i don't we have to do it all over again but um i really appreciate the fact that unlike banished banished was like here jump into the deep end of the pool good luck this game is like we want you to be in the deep end of the pool but you can you can be in the shallow end for a while just to get your get your feet wet and learn how things work, learn how the systems go. I really appreciate that about a game like this, and that's how I've been playing it. Um, and I already really like it. So, Farthest Frontier is badass. It's yeah, good. I'm glad you like. It. So, um, and there's good difficulty settings. So oh, you probably yeah. were able to put it on pretty casual mode and enjoy it. How yeah, far absolutely. down the tech tree did you get? Like, what do you not get? super far? Because I restarted after my main one after I realized a few things I'd done stupid, and so I restarted. And it's not a short game. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, it's, yeah. You really go in for the long haul. Like that's and that's great. That's I like that about it. Uh. Like, I don't even think there's a way to speed things up. Like, most of these games have some kind of uh, speed Yeah, up. bottom left has a one half speed to three X speed slider. Just on the bottom left, there's a little... Oh, I miss that. I always played it on single. It's easy to miss. Yeah. Um, but it is there. But actually, no, like, they should have a 10X. Like, they should have a, an additional super speed. Because, like, at a certain point, you're like, I'm just waiting for revenue or something or resources to generate. Yeah, my so. guess is they'll do some incremental ads to that. It worked pretty well for what I was doing. All I did in my difficulty run was I changed it so that I wasn't going to get raids my first time through. Um, or, or Oh, you took raiding completely off? I don't know if I took it off or if you just reduce it greatly. You I can reduce. Remember. Yeah, there's there's a reduced one, but there's a pacifist mode. There's a checkbox where you, it won't spawn any wolves, bears, or boars, hostile creatures. It'll just be deer. Maybe I did and that. there'll be no, there'll be no raids. No raids, account. right? But all yeah, the so other can, survival business, I still had to do all the survival stuff, and I had to worry about dead bodies yeah. and worry about all that. I mean, that's enough. I like banished without it. it. It seems like an okay layer, but it's so my population got up to four hundred, and the raiding party is always a percentage of your population. So you'll have like eighty raiders. Jeez. And I'm like, okay, this is getting a little annoying. <laughs> like, it's fun when it's like you're a small town and it's like ten people are coming. Yeah. But then they send whole armies at you, and I'm like, you're disrupting my game. Now. Yeah, this this isn't as fun as it might be with lower numbers. I gotta but- hire, and I, I appreciate though that you have to hire guards. It's just like 
they come not from one direction. They'll come from multiple directions. And you're like, well, I built gate over here and now they're attacking the south side that I thought was safe. The worst part was my first run had no water source of any kind in it, except wells. I could do wells. But there did was you, no which river. Which biome did you pick? Um, I chose. There's an easy biome that's like lush forest. So you'll want to go with that one. For I didn't do biome. that, I think. I think I chose. I may you have picked the random. desert one, which is the hardest difficulty. I no, I didn't do that. I didn't do the desert. I did whatever's in between. And you, sometimes there's water bodies in it, like a lake or a river. But there was nothing on the oh, one I chose. You just needed to reseed. Yeah. It's randomly generated. So just reseed. Which you can do. That's really cool, by the way. The game lets you reseed without ending your game yeah you just click restart map and yeah it gives you yeah the same area but you just get some new you know it just randomizes stuff no it's it's got good features in it for sure yeah i like it uh, i like it a lot i'm very excited to see where they take it they just did a patch that that made um they added a a biome that's like a little more even-handed or something i can't remember how they described it but anyway yeah there's only four at launch so if they've added another one that's i mean if there's just a patch i want to hear about it yeah but so far, that game's rad. I like it. I'm going to keep playing that. Uh, John, Final Fantasy is your life, really. And uh, yep. eight is, or sorry, nine is your current uh, run through. And I, I've watched you play this here and there, especially while you're sick or the most sick. And um, I have to say, that game looks pretty damn good with the mods you've installed. It's as close it? to modern it looking game. Really, really well. Yeah. Uh, like, you look at it and you go, this was the same console as seven and eight. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy how crisp uh, the mods have made it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it looked good to begin with because they definitely they kind of tried to get away from the ultra realistic look that they were kind of going for with seven and eight. Um, and they went a little more stylized, which, you know, that is we've seen with games like, wow, when you kind of adopt a more stylized approach, you get a more of a timeless appeal to it rather than looking at something that's supposed to look real that now no longer looks real. But uh, just to let everybody know what I'm using, uh, there's a, a mod package called Maguri Mod, M-O-G-U-R-I Mod. And uh, it basically takes everything and puts it at high-resolution textures um, using AI to generate backgrounds. And... Then it goes off of the already up-resed PC models for the release of the game and has a whole bunch of extra things that you can you can modify about the game. Like it basically is a launcher that pops up right before you launch the game. And it looks really good. I'm I'm genuinely impressed with with how good it is. And doesn't that uh, irritate you to- a little bit? It's irritating because if they can if the community can do this for for nothing. Why yeah. won't they take it more seriously when they put out these re- these remasters and stuff? Like, well, and that's what I that's what I mentioned to you because you were like, "It looks good," and I was like, "This is the I don't have the dates in front of me, but I d- I did say it to you. I was like, this is an older PC release than what I played with eight, and eight was the quote unquote remaster of the game, and this with mods looks way better." than the much more modern remaster of eight that square officially put out. Yeah, no doubt. And it just shows how little actual effort is going into these ports that they're, they're putting out not to take away from the teams that they can't be proud of it. But like there are people who are legitimately doing this work for free and they are absolutely killing it. And they're just doing it out of passion. 
and the stuff that Square is putting out is a bit of an embarrassment when held up by comparison. I mean, it's just greed, right? Like, it's they probably have a budget. We're willing to spend this much yeah. to uplift it, and then they can say, "Well, we can get this much done." Yeah. Like, okay, ship it. I yeah. mean, to me, if you're looking to re-release an old game, the number one thing you should immediately invest in is an AI upscaler. It's what I had for seven. It's what I didn't have for eight. And it's what I now have for nine for backgrounds. And it is shocking how much having those backgrounds up uh, again, using AI to do it. So it's not somebody going through by hand or anything. Uh, that alone makes these games really pop in a way. And that's the thing that they never seem to want to do. They'll like, oh, we'll update the character models. We'll make them super high res. But then you've got these blurry, can't tell what they are backgrounds. And they're like, yeah, it's good enough. So that's the biggest deal. But uh, in its own right, Final Fantasy IX is a fantastic Final Fantasy. It's a big benchmark for... Like being more cinematic, like if seven was the step forward to being more mature and for an older audience, then I feel like nine was the step into we want this to feel more like a movie. Like it's amazing what they're doing with uh, actually to kind of go back to something Bo talked about earlier, like they're making more intelligent decisions as far as camera cuts and how scenes are filmed and paced and where they're shot from and how you shoot a scene that really elevates the cinematic moments of nine beyond anything that they did in seven and eight. I feel like seven and eight stumbled upon those moments. um, And I feel like nine executes on them. And I think that's why you see with like the seven remake and stuff like that, you know, why those cut scenes I think are stronger in seven remake is because you're seeing the result of those lessons learned over these generations. You're um, a, you're an expert at these games. Can you tell me if I had a, if I have a gill, I have one gill, right? Yeah. You got one if gill. I have, if I have a million gill, do I have a million or do I have a gillion? How does it work? No, you're, you're, you're definitely a gillionaire. I'm a gillionaire. One okay. One yes. billion. All right. Yeah, you're a gillionaire and you're living, you're living high on the hog. Well, if I point. buy an Island, do I then have gillions Island? Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. That's the end. Yes. That's all I'll ever do. You got it. I'm never going to say it. anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked watching you, other than I felt like you were really ill the other day and I felt bad for you. But um, the the this was a this is a fun watch for, and it's in ways that I didn't expect. I don't know. I don't know what, I used to think nine just didn't exist in a way. Like people are like, oh, oh, right. There was a nine. There had to have been, because where'd 10 come from? <laughs> like there was a, this feeling of, it was toward the end of the PS1's life cycle you know, wasn't like, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that, but clearly this is a big it deal. It gets weirdly overlooked. Like if I feel like the discussion is always like, okay, well, what do you like seven or eight, you know, like, or six and seven, if you're going from like the whole history. And even if you expand it out, I feel like people are always like, what's your favorite final fantasy six, seven or 10. Like there's just these weird gaps where it's like, wait a minute, you're not going to give me any chance to say these other ones, but I do think nine is going to make a bit of a comeback because one, uh, there has been announced that they are going to do a animated series based on nine. Oh, wow. So it's going to at least be back in some form through that. 
And then there is also a rumored, it was on the list of like the NVIDIA leaked games that were coming, that they were going to do a Final Fantasy IX remake. And that's not surprising if they're doing a bunch of assets for a, a 3D animated show, then, you know, that's, but, all right, let's well, they, also make a game. They can make it all in the same engine, probably. Too. Yeah, yeah we they can, actually probably could. We uh, can use a lot of cross-pollination here and a lot of interest. I think it would be, it's the perfect universe for both of those things. Well, like I, it is. Do you think part of the problem with the comparison is is that this is a return to a more, you know, kind of squat characters, cartoony, stylized take, whereas the previous two seem to aim a little more in the real, well, especially eight compared to seven. But eight was a little bit more like, hey, these are real people looking with uh, realism. And and so what we have here is like a not quite, you know, controversial levels of uh, Wind Waker, but it's yeah. an art style that that feels like maybe back in that era, people would have been like, oh, I don't want to play a cartoon. I want it to be graphics need to look better, you know, or something like that. I don't know. There was a lot of that. In fact, I think 10 was announced at the same time as nine. Oh, weird. To give you an idea of where the mindset of the people were, there was definitely this idea of like, hey, here's this game. It's a return to form. But you had a lot of fans that came in at seven. Like Final Fantasy wasn't really relevant here in America. Like two of them came out, but it wasn't relevant in America until Final Fantasy seven that was when it took off. And so for a lot of people, big hair, big swords, motorcycles, Mako, like this real tech fantasy, that's Final Fantasy. Not really paying attention to like, okay, why is this why is this guy got a big hat and glowing yellow eyes? <laughs> like I don't I don't get it. I don't see it. And yeah. I think that that probably threw a lot of people off. And then when they show you 10, which is again back to more realistic looking characters, although there is a little bit more of the fantasy in that. I think you had a lot of people going, "Oh, there's Final Fantasy. That's where it's at." Yeah, cuz that was the jump. That. that was also a platform jump, right? That was PS2 yeah. and all that. Yeah, so. Final Fantasy 10 was a flagship game for PS2. Yeah. That's why I bought a PS2. I remember yeah. PS2. I remember the original, like they were showing battle sequences from it for PS2. And I, that was the most impressive PS2 demonstration I had seen at the time. It was something, man. Yeah. Like it was, a, it was a hype monster. Like it, it was, you know, you look at the graphics, like oh, it's almost, you know, like a Pixar, like it's, yeah. you know, look at it now and you're like, oh, we can do better than that. But like at the time <laughs> yeah. there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything that looked better for a fantasy game than that yeah it would it would people would just gather around the demo station in game stores and just stare at it and be like what is that yeah i remember that being really impressive at the time Uh, are you gonna play x2 as well are you gonna do the the sub sequels there's a big debate as to whether or not i should or will uh right now i'm not committing to it but it kind of depends how i feel about 10 going through it I have no reason to dislike 10, but when I think, when I think about 10, I get angry inside. Mm. I don't know where that anger exists at. I don't know mm. where it is. Cause I remember playing it and loving it, but I'm like, and so when you're like, Hey, do you want to play 10 too? I'm like, I don't even want to play 10. Like that's what my head does, but I have no rational reason for it. Well, I so, think it's all just the girls in 10 too. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that maybe that's a good selling point. I mean, it so the dress system in 10-2 is kind of a return to form for jobs, which has been 
one of my favorite things in some of the Final Fantasies that have done it. So in a way, 10-2 is more appealing than 10 is. But, mm. uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I got a lot of Final Fantasies to play, although it is weird to now be at this point where I'm on 9 and I'm looking yeah. at fewer to go than what I've played. So, well, I don't know about that. Your biggest, if you're going to do the sub sequels, your be- biggest slog is going to be 13 1, 13 2, 13 3. Those, I'm going to say, unless I fall in love with 13, which I did not when I played it, I, think I am not like going to play this. I think you're going to like it better the second time around. Yeah, I, like 13. Yeah, I played we'll through it twice. 13 is pretty lightning's, strong. Lightning's all right. It's it just starts bad. It has a bad start because it throws a lot of jargon at you and doesn't explain what any of a it is. A lot of tutorials and one insufferable character. <laughs> Only one. Oh, you're talking about you're talking you're talking about uh, is it Riku? I think is her name. <laughs> no, that's we've, the, that's a ten character. No, Vinny. Yeah, we've talked, Vinny. Yeah, we've that's talked about right. her on the show. Oh my yeah. gosh! But then I you got Zaz. 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 The other characters compensate for her, and also the uh, old lady. The old lady's great. I can't remember her name. So, are you? Uh, I assume you're gonna want to play sixteen when it hits. Like that'll be a priority. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's gonna. I'm gonna probably have to buy a PS5 for that. So. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think it's good. That's the only that confirmation. Will happen, but uh, it's not in the cards for a while. So that might have to be when it comes to PlayStation PC or whatever they decide to call it when it finally hits. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, That's uh, right. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, Final Fantasy IX is great. I highly recommend getting those mods. I think I saw someone in the chat mention, you know, is there a step by step on how to install it? The the mods for nine is the easiest one I've had of all of these. It was one download. I unzipped the file. I clicked the executable. It immediately found the directory for nine. It installed it. When I launch nine, even through Steam, it pulls up the mod menu to enable what you want and need, and you go. Like it was the by far the easiest. So it surprises me for some reason. I don't know why it surprises me. It seems like they should all have equal difficulty, but I don't know. Somebody actually really hardest. I never got eight to work. I couldn't even get eight to launch in steam, but I think that might be a windows 11 issue, but I couldn't even get eight to launch, let alone be modded. And seven wasn't too terrible, but it was, it felt like, uh, modding world of warcraft because it was like here's a program and then in this program are a bunch of mods and you go through and pick which ones you want oh that's what you want yeah yeah that's so, how that shader thing worked in uh guild wars for me it was really good but Simple. yeah nine is nine is super super easy i love it it's really really good uh, uh but that's excellent. not the only final fantasy I've no you played more tell us more well, I finally get an excuse to talk about the game that I would talk about every single week on the show, except I never have an excuse for it other than to just be like, hey, I still love this game. But dragon Beef. Yeah, Dragon Beef. There is a new patch for Final Fantasy XIV, a rather big one. And uh, so I've been playing the hell out of Final Fantasy XIV whenever I get a chance to play it. Yeah. Um, because they've... It's crazy. Like the the thing that is the most exciting about fourteen for me, based on my history with MMOs, and Scott, I I wonder if you're in a similar boat because you certainly have a shared love of MMOs. Sure. Um, when it was patch day, like big patch day, it was always exciting. But sometimes you were excited about some like pretty weird things, like 
it wasn't like, oh, it's patch day. I'm ready for this and this and this and this. It was like, oh, it's patch day. They're putting in the barbershop. Yeah. And it's like you log in, you change your hair, you give them your gold, and you're like, yeah. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't raid, so <laughs> that's yeah. that's a hundred percent my experience with the patch. I just did it. That's what I that's what I'm getting out of this patch. And it was exciting. But you're like sitting there kind of going, oh, man, I don't I don't know how into this I am. The thing about this patch. It would be shorter to list the things I wasn't excited about than the parts that I am. It added so much stuff, new raids, new dungeons, new trials, Island Sanctuary, which is like its own mini game sort of thing where it's, you know, it's vaguely Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley just thrown in there more story there's a new pvp season coming like the patch is actually so big they've already like broken it into a 6.2 dot something 6.2 dot something to extend out some of the features because there's a whole bunch of stuff that is planned and they they were like too big for one patch we're gonna just extend it out a little bit um there's a lot and I haven't been able to do much beyond just play through the new story content, uh, which is really, really good and even more amazing if you've played Final Fantasy IV. A lot of love for that one in in the game right now. And uh, then also I've dabbled in the Island Sanctuary, uh, which has been a very good time as well. Just with, just to, uh, for those unaware, it's like extension of the housing system or something or it's different actually the housing system is still its own thing difficult to get a house final fantasy 14 remains in a housing crisis they do it by lottery now which is better than what they had before but it's still a pretty hard way to get a house uh this is you basically get your own island and it is huge it's not like a little tiny desert island like it is a massive island and you get to build a little base. You get to craft materials separate from crafting in the game. So everything on the island is self-contained. So you don't have to go level up, you know, tree cutting or whatever to be able to harvest wood on the island. Like they basically, it's just all built in within its own skills. Yeah. And you kind of craft uh, what it's called, an island sanctuary. Uh, there are creatures to catch and collect. I caught a rare sheep. And most of the sheep on the island are white, but I found a black sheep and I caught it. Yeah. Was it being uh, rebellious so and like, uh, going against its parents' wishes and all that? It's, yep. It's like Pokemon. There's shiny versions of them. Yeah. <clears throat> you can feed them. You can pet them. Uh, it continues to unlock. It is interesting. It's getting a little pushback in the community because it is the first time that Final Fantasy XIV has really experimented heavily with gating, mm. where there are actual time gates on some things, which is not a common thing for them to do. Yeah. Um, but it really is them encouraging people. They're like, we're putting this in there as a passive thing for you to do in the background. We do not want this to be the main game. We do not want this to be your main focus. Go in there, have some fun, restrain yourselves. Mm. Um We'll see if that ends up staying true because, like I said, people, as soon as you put gates in front of former WoW players, they get very upset oh, and scared. Yeah. Half the reason uh, they left was gating. They don't yeah, like they're it. like, don't do it to us. Don't do it to us. Yeah. But uh, it is an amazing patch so far, and I have only kind of scratched the surface of it. I haven't even started the raid. 
which is part two of the raid series and i'm I'm so excited. It all has cool story tied to it and, and all of that. Like nice. How many jobs do you have at max level? Uh, I think I only have two. Oh, I thought you were moment. working on all of them. I guess I, I was kind of putting in a little time here and there. I quickly realized how hard it is for me to remember rotations and things like that uh, for jobs, especially because when this started, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go back to Reaper. Like I played through all of Endwalker as a Reaper, and then I went back to Dancer. I was like, I want to go back to Reaper, and I realized I had no, I could not remember how to play a Reaper. And <laughs> I used I to like, rave oh, about the Reaper. Shit. Yeah, it's good. It's really, really good and super fun. But I couldn't remember the rotation. I was like, oh, I got to reteach myself the rotation. And it was right at a time where I rebound my mouse to try and be able to press more keys more easily. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be too big of a project. <laughs> The worst one is Paladin, which I have a level, I think, 67 Paladin. And maybe 15 of those levels were playing the game traditionally. The rest <laughs> have come from PvP. Yeah. Like, it has been, I love PvPing as a Paladin. And you get XP from it. The problem is the way they do or the way they do PvP is you have a set of abilities that are PVP exclusive. It's how they balance it. So they can give you all the fun stuff for out in the world without breaking PVP because for PVP, you just get these five abilities or whatever. And that's what you play with. So I'm in there. I'm like great at PVP, having a great time. I get out and all of a sudden my bar is full of abilities that I've never used, never seen. I have no idea what they do and I don't know what my rotation is. So I have no idea how to play a paladin outside of PVP, but I've got a level 67 one to mess around with. Sure. Uh, it's great. And their PVP was really good. I'm looking forward to the new season. Uh, there was some Lich King armor you could unlock. It's, you know, Lich King armor adjacent uh, this past season. And I was able to get it in time and uh, unlocked my cool armor. I'm going to get a cool mount from the PVP season as well. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't think I would ever be as into an MMO and all aspects of an MMO as I am with this one, uh, where patches are like this celebratory where it's like, ah, I just don't have enough time to do all the stuff I want in it. Yeah. Well, it sounds awesome. And for fans, I can, I mean, all the chatter from my final fantasy fans or, or, you know, listeners or followers or wherever, all, all raving about this patch. So you are not alone. Yeah. And liking what you see. All right, Bo, we've talked a lot about VR, but we haven't talked about what you did this week in VR, which sounds, all I know is I saw a video where you took apart Lydia's head and she lived through it. It seemed like the greatest time in the history of video games. So, so I think the, the update from the last week, remember I'm playing modded Skyrim VR. Yeah. I was in the, I modded it myself. I was in the hundred range. Uh, I completely uninstalled everything, wiped it. And installed, uh, similar to John saying there was a, a pack, I installed the Ouvre Wabajack mod list, which includes 520 mods. 520 mods. That's a lot of mods. And I added my own in after that wasn't in there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what you're seeing here is there's this weird interaction. So there's a mod that does <laughs> um, so increased good. damage where you can blow up like a body you know yeah. like they'll blow up parts and bits yeah and also like if you freeze them like it's excessive death animations so what i found was happening with my followers that those would spill over onto the follower 
there's this kind of overriding thing happened. So we killed an enemy and blew it up. And then, so basically her head turned into a skull and I was like, Oh shit. It was like a red skull. And then I, I just went to touch her head to be like, what's going on? And then I removed her jaw and then I kept removing pieces. I took her brain out and took all the pieces of her head off. Yeah. And she was still like alive and functioning. It was really, and you're in VR space. So it's like, it's like, what the hell? You know, you're like, you can see it. It's it's weird. It's and I'm picking, so I'm weird. literally picking up the pieces off of her head. She did respawn with a full head, but then she was wearing her tiara, but it was like this. Like, see how I have my glasses? Oh, like, like floating out in front and of she you. She was walking. Yeah. And I was like, so I'm like, I'm going to leave it this way. But the game started to get buggy. Basically, I've, I've also had pathing issues with the companions. I even had a follower get his head stuck in the sidewalk, and I tried to grab both of his legs and, like, pull him out, but he wouldn't come out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a clip of that too, but, um, I decided to give up on followers. So right now she's just staying back in white run right mm. now. Yeah. They're, um, I don't know. How I don't the... need the followers anyway. The followers are secretly scary because sometimes sound files don't load and they'll be like right behind you on your ass. Like you'll turn around and they'll be right in your ass and it'll scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to talk. You need to put the sound on this clip so oh, our right. can hear. Because very rarely do you hear a bow yell. All right, here he is uh, working working away, chat. <laughs> it kind of cuts off. I didn't edit it out the best, but <laughs> it's almost funnier. I so I I may quit or have to add another mod to remove the spiders in this game. I played this game no problem, flat screen with the spiders, you know, whatever. Yeah. It is another thing. I'm in this, I'm in Ustagrav, for anyone who knows which dungeon that is. It's one of the borrows to get my dragon word and all that. Yeah. It's a and big one. And I'm in this place where the floor is covered in pressure plates that shoot up hot fire, so I got to be careful while I move. Well, of course, it's not as simple as that. There's also spiders. And I'm like, oh, no, but I'm keeping them at range, throwing my knife out. And then a, they have giant boss versions of the spiders, and a giant boss version just comes descending above my head. And I'm like, ah! Like, it is so scary. I may have to quit this game. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, would. I'm I wouldn't do it. I do not like spiders. I thought it was very brave that I made it through that dungeon. It was a big effort for me. But that the giant ones, like, I went to bed and was picturing giant spiders lifting me off of my bed. Uh, it kind of left a lasting traumatic expre- impression on me. Um, <laughs> it's that's a rough. It, it's rough, but it's awesome. It, it, it's it, for in terms of thrills, it feels like a spider's really falling on my head, and uh, a giant one. Uh, I got some more clips in there too to look at. Uh, for, for I was thinking, I found that somebody's talking about giant spiders on. Um, yeah, so a regular playthrough. It's not VR Skyrim. Well, yeah, yeah but I'm so just trying no, to see. If, no I'm mods. just trying to see if I can see this spider. Like, oh yeah, there he is. He is big. Hold on. Well, I, I have modded spiders too, so they're actually scarier looking. <laughs> really? You yeah, modded them to of, look. I mean, oh, jeez. It's all. It's all part of the pack. Yeah. So they're actually kind of worse than the default ones. Um, um, what's the one you want me to play? The one where you forgot your clothes. Anyways, uh, so well, there's forgot my clothes, which is a good one too. So you know how you, you can unequip. <laughs> things in MMOs, it's an entirely other experience when you walk up to an NPC and they go, hey buddy, you should put on some clothes. And I was like, I've been walking around like this for hours. Does he so say that? Let quickly me... look down. But yeah, you don't see my dong in that one, but I do have dong mod in there as oh, well. Oh, you have dong so, mod. Nice. So it's like the NPCs are literally seeing my pecker uh, in oh, this my game lord. world. All right. 
Your your big uh, northern your big northern pecker. All right, let's let's hear it. Buying and selling fine jewelry. Um, you got no clothes. You should get some. Oh shit! <laughs> Did you really not know? Did you not know you were naked at the time? No, I didn't know. I was, I was walking around like that for hours, That's and nobody amazing. said anything. Finally, that guy. It's like real life. Finally, someone's brave enough to actually say what's on their mind, and I. You literally have a feeling where I'm like. Oh no, like I'm not wearing clothes. Like it's, you know, you kind of, you get immersed and you forget. And I was like, oh my God. That's really fun. The last clip I have to share too is uh, RPing in VR is kind of fun. So I had a little RP. All right. There might be a little F bomb in there. So make a, make a uh, mark. It's totally fine. Here it's we a go. T- tiny one. I'm going to hit it. She's walking around. This guy's watching. There's this Whoa. NPC who's watching this other guy. Oh yeah. And sleeping. Walk away now. Who are you? I am a Thalmor Judicia on important business that you are interfering with. You're watching a man sleep. We are special envoys of the Old Mary Dominion, the rightful rulers of Tamriel. If you'd like, I can show you why. If you're smart, you'll walk away. Why are you bothering this man? Do all Thalmor have such high opinions of themselves? That we are superior to men is an established fact. For example, take this belief in Talos, the Ninth Divine. Ha! Certainly you don't believe such things. Or perhaps there's something you'd like to confess. I can worship anyone I want. Incorrect. You can worship whatever gods you like, but Talos is a man. Only a heretic would think otherwise. And so you will die a heretic's death. Oh, shit. Someone do something. Where's my hammer? <laughs> Where the fuck is... <laughs> I can't find my hammer. I think the, the interface is the boss. Life it is. I got too much stuff favorited. Keep going. I, I have the last word here. Oh, you have so much stuff. Aha. She wasn't much work. Is that to all Thalmor bitches? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a lot. You get in the zone, this guy. Like, usually when you're playing a game, you're like, uh, what's the ideal thing to pick? Like, I obviously shouldn't get into a fight. I'm in town. But in VR, this guy's watching this other guy sleep. And then he's like, we're the best. And I'm like, you know what? This guy's. This guy, this guy's, he's going to give him a piece of my mind. Then he was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, I do not care about the cops. I'm defending myself. You know, it's just like, it hits different. Mm. And like, I owe 21,000 gold and fines and rifted. Like the guards are now like pissed at me. And when they come to me, I'm like, I'm not paying that money and I'm not reloading to save. You guys can suck it. And I just, I've been killing rifted guards as much as I can. Because they're in the wrong, and it's like a den of villainy anyway. So who cares about Riften? Aren't they? So I'm the, really uh, like, yeah. The immersion factor is like high. Like when I'm getting into dialogue, I'm like RPing the dialogue, and that sort of brings me to the talking portion of what I played this week, <laughs> which is I love Skyrim VR. Holy shit! Yeah, you're it, into it, it. It so look. There are a lot of better games, more optimally programmed games. Like it's not to deride any other experience. But Skyrim is a full RPG experience. It's a full 
world. And I'm playing the same game, but it's not the same game. Like, I am, like, shitting my pants in fear, crawling through the dungeons. I have a darkness mod, so there's no torch. It's pitch black. All I've got are my torches and the lights I shoot around. So I'm, like, crawling in the pitch black, and the zombie, like, the Draugr are going, <sighs> like, I just hear them everywhere. And I'm, like, trying to find them, trying not to alert them. Yeah. Uh, not much new to say from last week, uh, apart from sharing like fun moments like that. But like, I am just having an absolute blast. And you gonna see it all the way through, despite the spiders? Like, I might. Like, I'm definitely giving uh, big thoughts to Fallout Four VR. Given that a world, I haven't played Fallout Four, so that's like, oh, that'd compelling. be all new. Yeah, um, I don't think it's it's not as modded, but also it's a newer game, so maybe it needs it less. Yeah. Um, as long as I get the arms and a good kinetic feel for weapons i think it's gonna be fine yeah but um yeah like it's not i I didn't start this thinking like i definitely want to do a full playthrough but every day of my life since i started i've been like i want to be in this fantasy world that is like beautiful like i've got tons of graphical mods so it's also feels more of a next gen game Mm -hmm. and And, like, it's the only disappointing part is, like, certain parts I have a vague sense of what's already happened or I know what's going on. So it's, like, you know, that ma- that magic of I don't know what to expect next isn't quite there. But um, it's so fun to sneak around, like, in this in this world, get kills. I, I did, uh, I joined the Thieves Guild, did a few thieving missions. Uh, that's fun. Like, one of the things about this mod, now that I'm, like, upgraded enough, is I can grab somebody on the shoulder and stab him in the back. Like, if you think about pressing buttons to do this, you're like, oh, cool fantasy. When you're literally grabbing, you know, a fake avatar, but you're using a hand to grab them, you stick something in them, and they fall over dead, you're like, I just killed a man. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't feel like, oh, shooty, shooty video game. It really feels like, like, I'm an actual murderer, right? Like, I feel like I, 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 I murder things, like, like not press a button. I'm like I'm literally doing the stick the knife in the back, hold him to make sure he doesn't make noise, and then picking his stuff. Like I'm like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> like I'm picking up his like loot and shit. Like it's it's kind of like almost like well you know it's it just makes you feel something that I think I'm not getting out of the regular video games anymore where it's like press a to pick stuff up, you know, or press X to attack. Like, sure. I've got to insert the knife in myself. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's yeah. Like it's also, it's just like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about this, but a part of my brain's like, this is freaking awesome. This is the best murdering people. Is the best thing <laughs> it's great. Cause you're not actually killing anybody. <laughs> no, it's all make believe. Yeah. And, and even with Lydia, you're like, I can separate fact from fiction. Sometimes you, with your friends, you want to just pick their brain. Well, with Lydia, you can but, literally do it. You can pick her brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the bugs are hilarious. The only bug I'm scared of <laughs> is sometimes enemies pop in in games like this. And if a spider pops in behind me, like I, I will, I'll be dead. No be more core. You'll just give it'll up. Be, it'll be, it'll be over. Yeah. <laughs> they feel really real to me. And, in, in cyberspace. Um, also, dragons are awesome to fight. I fought my first dragon solo. And, oh, nice. Yeah, in 3D space, they also feel like a predator, too. Like, it's not it's not a, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, so you could do I, all I the loved, weird mods too, yeah. right? You could like put the Thomas the Tank Engine mod in there, or the the Demandy yeah, as long Savage as anything mod. compatible with special edition. So there's two mod versions, yeah. based like regular original Skyrim and special edition. So yeah. any mods with Skyrim, Skyrim VR is the reason why. Again, I mentioned this last week. It was it's so reviewed so poorly. Is like John talked about the remasters that Square Enix does. Yeah, they did some work. But they did in a way a bare minimum. Like the minimum they did was good, but they charge a full box price. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't even be mad if at launch they didn't know, but a regular street, like like this is a supported product for a 10 year cycle as VR develops will add things to this game. Yeah. They should do and they haven't because there's, yeah. I mean, I have five, <laughs> I have so many mods. I mean, the key mods are ones called Vrick for a player avatar. Um, uh, there's one for combat. I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember what it's called. You know what it makes um, me think? It makes me think. Oh, that, Higgs for the gloves. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Plank for the combat. For for what this tells me is both cases: the Final Fantasy mod scene and this mod scene. These companies not only know that they can get away with the bare minimum, but they also know that their the slack will get picked up by the mod scene. Yeah. Right. I just think it's a Skyrim VR's case. Like this is like the tenth time Skyrim's been released. <laughs> yeah. And it's eighty dollars, and they did didn't have to develop any new content. Like there's no X pack, there's no new materials. It's literally just putting the VR controls in yeah. for eighty dollars. And any most people buying this game have bought it once or twice already. Like you really did the bare minimum for VR. And I would say on launch that might be okay because it's a developing product. But um, this, I I want it like it sort of Skyrim's already old. If you made it new again in VR, I, I want to shill the shit out of this game. You know, yeah. I would still say with reservations, you're going to need a beefy PC to handle the mods and handle running it. Like, it's not going to be. Please, if you have a thousand series graphics card, yeah, think about twice if unless you want to do a vanilla version. Vanilla version would probably run fine, but like modded, you know. Sure. I had a hard so modded. It works perfect for me, but not streaming it. What I've had the biggest issues is keeping desktop windows in my periphery so i can see twitch chat and like manage the stream while playing this game that has been rough that's yeah. what i've been banging my head up against the most yeah you can't be in i two finally places. settled on like don't run any windows but i'm gonna look into an app called ovr toolkit that allows you to put the twitch chat on your wrist yeah so we'll see if that doesn't dip frame rate but i notice because if i have the window on my right side after about 30 minutes of playing i go to the right i get huge lag Hmm. that almost like kill kills it so yeah um you know but uh, uh apart from that if i wasn't streaming this game it would fun it would be like chef's kiss except for the spite i'm still a little scared i'm so frustrated by the spiders it's so scary i love that the two games that you guys mostly talked about today um final fantasy 14's new patch and then this they're both games that came out in 2011 i think that's funny oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. weird i mean you know games are new when they come out and like you know, this is the business of games hyping us up, but we have really hit a plateau on games. Like, that was my reaction to Gamescom. Lots of hard work, lots of exciting stuff, but none of this is like... Oh, yeah, no, we're we're at the top of the curve. You know, yeah. it's more of the same in yeah. a way. Yeah. And even everything is like, it looks like more of the same, so... It's all it's refinements. Good, like, 360 PS3 era was, in some ways, the pinnacle, and all we've done since is better shaders, better effects, better physics. Like, we're we're just tweaking the already solid 
foundation. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad or what that says, but that's where we're at. I, I think the big thing for me though, is like VR has really hit me in a really big way. Like it's really changed my gaming. Um, did I, was I, did I get the VR headset before Elden Ring or after? So Elden Ring was a huge era for me. I'm pretty sure you got Elden Ring before. I think you got it. I think you got it before, but you hadn't really dove in. Cause I remember you talking about like, I just got this VR headset and I'm playing friggin' Elden Ring. Oh, oh, I yeah. lent it to my mom for a little while. Yeah, your yeah, mom had thanks. it. That's what it was. Your mom I had your headset. My house. mom, I hadn't really gotten deep into it, but I've been, you know, since the VR chat, VR chat like era, I guess. I've just been on a real like a decline in interest in flat screen. Not that I don't respect it. I played Farthest Frontier and love it, but like I really am, am having a hard time finding the excitement over flat screen games versus VR games. Like I've I've really had a I think I've just really had a big like interest shift. It's pretty fundamental. But don't you think, um, I mean, it's, I'm not, I don't know if this is for sure, but I feel like you might, it, it, it could wane and ebb and flow is what I'm trying to say. You'll, you'll come yeah, back. I actually was about to say, I think it ebbs and flows. I remember when we first launched our D and D campaign, I was like, man, I'm having a hard time caring about video games right now. And that mm-hmm. lasted for a little while because mm-hmm. I was like the freedom of D and D all of a sudden now I'm going and playing a video game where instead of being able to do whatever I want, I got to do what the game know, operate within rules, man. I don't want to operate within rules. Yeah. I want sky's the limit. Yeah. But eventually, you know, something calls to you and you play it. And hmm. you know, that's not to say that I, it shifted and all of a sudden I don't care about D and D. I just care about video games, but like it, it, I think flexes back and forth. Yeah. I think eventually, <laughs> It yeah, it's like I don't want to make any crazy statements, and it might just be a component of my personality too, a little bit. But it's it's you know, I just find like I I think Skyrim has a lot to do. I think Skyrim's an example of where the where VR gaming can go with the prop, you know, with the game developed f- directly for VR, but like a AAA fully immersive adventure, and, and you know. Like imagine it if the really if you had the same kind of tight for. control, tight mechanics, tight whatever of Alex, Half Life Alex, but apply that to like a full blown RPG. That's full blown like Elder Scrolls RPG yeah. experience without spiders. That'd be amazing. Like you can cast yeah, spells spiders. and like interact with the NPCs. Like I, it, the NPCs, it's still awkward and stodgy, but like it's doable. Where there's reactivity, like you know. Um, you meet Russell early in Half-Life Alex. Mm-hmm. He's an, you know, he's a main character that's with you, but you see him in person. And like, if you go to touch him, he recoils like gross. Like, you know, he's like grab his shoulder and he like actually reacts to not just your dialogue choices, but to your movements as well. Right. So yeah. uh, just imagine a full fledged RPG where you can hand the other person stuff. I got to play Lone yeah. Echo. Cause I think there's a lot of that in that game. I haven't started that yet. Heard good things about but, Lone um, Echo. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And Red Matter 2 apparently just came out, and that apparently pushes the boundaries on quest, uh, like non-connected to PC quest capability. Mm -hmm. So there's still tons to check out. That's why I'm playing Skyrim VR, and I'm like, it kind of sucks that this is a 200-hour game, like, because I I probably (laughs) need to get to some other VR games, because, you know, I need to see what's up. But, like, I've played a lot. I've tried a lot of VR games, and it's like, my experience so far is, like, they're good at what they do, but their band is narrow, basically. Yeah. Like Battle Sister was great, but the graphics weren't the best, right? It just had good shooty gameplay. Everything looked like Warhammer. It was awesome, but you know, it wasn't. 
it wasn't sky it wasn't beautiful i wasn't like you know still like this is cool but then like skyrim up the ante on it so oh gosh red matter 2 looks yeah. incredible look at this yeah it just came out and it's supposed to push the boundaries on the hardware capability to be like they wanted to squeeze the best performance and best graphics without having to connect to your pc so just a quest standalone wow so because it's a story game i kind of want to play the first one first so oh yeah i assume they're connected yeah, yeah. but um, that's also well regarded so you'd be you know yeah and like well regarded though it's a different beast i think like there's there might be a plateau in gaming, but there's a plateau in reviews. Like yeah. when people say something's good or bad, you can generally trust it, but it's hard to trust reviews in VR. Everyone, some people are just impressed by being in VR. Some people are not as impressed and you know, the standards are different yeah. for different people. So sometimes you get this highly reviewed game and I get in there and it's timing. If a lot of the reviews are from a year or two ago, it's not as impressive as what they can do for 2022. So you're like, you see a good review and you're like Robo recall was like that. I did play Robo recall a little bit mm-hmm. glowing reviews, but the game's been out for a few years now. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this game like kind of blows, <laughs> you know, after playing Alex, I'm like, this is very simple, basic, like, yeah, no thanks kind of stuff. So they really upped the ante with that, but I don't know. I, I hope we, I hope the Skyrim level thing can happen at some point. I mean, Skyrim's just sort of a good baseline since it's so. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just I'm looking forward to. That's why the dead. Uh, my I tweeted actually the Dead Island too, um, because all I could think about is like, man, that would be awesome in VR. I think there's actually a game for that though. The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is supposed to be actually a really good zombie game in mm. VR. Ugh, and, freak me you out. Know, I would avoid it because I'm like, oh, Walking Dead and zombie games, but like. If it's a good VR experience, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, bows down. He don't care about no genre. If it's yeah. if it's immersive, he's in. Um, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's what we played this week, everybody. Guess what I'm playing now? A mashup Jamie put together. Here's oh, the here's shit. the math on it. Um, they did we did a poll as usual. The name of this thing is called Reverse Grandma. All right. Yeah. Whatever that means. And. Uh, the poll ended with me just barely edging Bo out with uh, 40% of the vote. Bo got 36%. John at 22. And uh, I think John might have said it. Though. I think I, this, I, I think either I said it or it's a case of someone said it and I latched onto it. I have a hunch that I'm My, involved in the reverse grandma somehow. I don't think I voted in the poll, but uh, my vote now is John. John? Okay. I voted Bo. Um, I don't know why. It just didn't sound like something I said, but maybe I did. We're going to find out now, though, in this beautiful put-together piece of work from Jamie, as usual. Here you go. I know what jizz is. Everybody. Well, you might have done that to egg Scott I on. know what jizz is. I have no questions about it. Yeah. Ew, gross, bum, get away from me. Whenever I've done the camping, water source has been nearby because you say, all right, you guys have to jump in the lake. Yeah. And oh, maybe no. you shit in the lake, too. I know I've taken shits in lakes before. It's, oh, it's a weird experience. Know. I've just done it anyways. Wait, were you in <laughs> the lake when you did it? I don't know that I came up, but the last time I went camping, I just had to go for a shit. And I was like, I guess I could just shit in the lake. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not like other people are around. And then I'm, no. I always wonder, I'm like, where did the shit go? I don't know. Yes, Hold on. that's why you shouldn't do it. Because the first question you ask should be, where's this going to go? That's all I want to say. Based on the boys, is that a problem? I like to it too. The boys? It's supposed to taste like spoit, spoit, spoit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish 
shares a drink called Sprite. Oh my god. <laughs> Knock off Sprite. You can shit the in the worst. lake. I mean, we used to shit in the wild before we shit in toilets. Oh, so, There's a okay. lot of things we used to do that we don't do anymore. <laughs> but we can still do it. It's Yes, we still can. That doesn't mean we should. Let me just assure you, if you had fears about shitting in a lake, it's fine. Okay. Just don't I shit don't have fears story. about shitting in a lake. Now I'm afraid of lakes you shit in. <laughs> so jealous of how much more abuse we could take when we were younger. I was trying to be lazy and lean over in a rolly chair to pick something up off the floor, yeah. and I fell from, like, almost touching the floor height to the ground, and I hurt for, like, a week after <laughs> that. I was in so much pain. I was like, why? Yeah. Why is this my existence? Don't forget, I threw my back out for three solid days, couldn't get out of bed, had to pee in a cup because I bent over to pick up a shoe. Shit rolls downstream. It goes places. <laughs> yeah, it goes to the bottom, where you'd have to, like, swim all the way down. Doesn't like, always go to the bottom, though. <laughs> it didn't float. I didn't find a float. It wasn't a floater. You didn't have a floater? It all definitely right. went down. It was a big old heavy shit. I don't think you can do it on the fly. I'd have to start a new save slot. There are other slave slots. Save, oh my god. Slave, slave slots. slots. Oh, man. Slave slot. Please disregard the last thing. rising. You're just thinking about all those coffins. That's true. It fertilizes the seaweed. No. I mean. No. <laughs> shit is fertilizer. No, I don't think you human. Fertilize with shit. But I don't think human. human sh- you can fertilize with human shit. You can cook with human shit, right? Like methane ovens are a thing. Ooh. So really? it's fine. Shit is 100% natural, guys. Organic. But fine. you're eating pepperoni sticks and freaking Pop-Tarts or something. Like, it's not well, like you go in there going, ah, oh, my grass-fed, open-range diet is now on display. So your concern is not that I shit. It's just the quality of the shit that I shit. <laughs> yes. I was actually eating the fish we fished out of the lake, so I was just shitting the fish back in, essentially. But okay. <laughs> Well, we're putting it in, uh, you know, it's like grandma's going to the home. She'll be okay. You can visit her, you know, and pay for the stuff still. So, eh. Yeah, and give her money. It's a reverse grandma. Yeah, reverse Ah! grandma. (laughs) It was John. John did it. And you did it so far at the end. Because I mentioned grandma. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it was me. No, I voted right. I voted for John. But you lost. My logic is so stupid. How do you put up with me? <laughs> I don't know, dude. That everybody wants Carter to animate the shitting in the lake story. Bad. Yeah. That's yeah. been the big thing. In fact, Jamie I mean, needs to send me that. Audio. I was I was embarrassed for most of it, but I did enjoy the part where I'm shitting the fish back in the lake. It's yeah. like, it feels like a cycle of life thing. Yeah, the whole thing still makes me worry about who's been in what lake now. I think about it yeah. now. I did it like once, guys. Like it's not. <laughs> I'm just it's not a thing you. I'd make it made a, make a habit out of or anything. But, but you were north of us. We're probably drinking it at this. Yeah, point. it's all downstream. Exactly. Oh, what great! You're the source of our water right now. Oh man, I've, I've I guess drank. I guess like the fear would be like if I shit in the lake, then how many other people are shitting in lakes? See, but you shouldn't really be drinking lake water, right? You it's purified before it comes to your tap. Well, yes, but some rivers. Well, I guess they get to the lake. I think your I think your water, if you're like city water pipes, probably comes some like don't they purify well, we, the water? We get water from, from yes, water yeah, gets yeah. purified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get water like, from we get. I'm water not saying from get in a lake and go lake water. Finally, it's what I've always lived for is lake water. But you dunk your head and you get wet, and you get wet by the water you're in, and it hangs out. In right. near orifices. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the same concern I have with Venom. And also, I've never been like, you know what? 
I got a shit and I know exactly what to expect from it. Like there's always a little bit of a surprise. Sometimes you can guess, but like the worst would be like, you know, Bo said shitting in the lake was quality. And next thing you know, you're just swimming in floaties, brown yuck, like a, a brown cloud envelops your body while you're floating in the water. Cause you misjudged what was coming out of your body. It's a big lake and you can swim away. Here was like my the advantage because there's a pro to this it, it's like having a really big bidet right because like you shit maybe you like rub your hand in grab the bar of soap you're done like it's so quick it's just clean there wasn't anything in there like oh. but, you know you dry shit and maybe you got some work to do oh. and, and so it's like it's like swimming in a large bidet yeah even though bidets you don't swim in the bidet <laughs> the bidet bidet the bidet well, bidet <laughs> Maybe he, maybe you, you haven't conceived of the notion till now. So no, say, well, I that, I but, yeah. I examined how a bidet works. It seems great, but at no point did they say, "Hey, you know what? Just lower into get in us. there." Yeah, it's all wow. projectile based. Yeah, you're right. But if you're swimming, I stand by, it's not that bad. I'm sure there's like deer shit and bear shit and fish shit in the lake. Oh, that's true for sure. Yeah, yeah. you don't want that water no matter what. But I, for some reason, it's worse to know a human did it. I don't know why. Just because yeah. we're averse to that, we know we're going to get the yeah. most. Uh, we're going to we're going to get the most chance of like issues if we're if we got other people's poo in our like system. You said bears are eating berries and other animals. I'm eating pepperoni and you know <laughs> pepperoni pop tarts. The two peas. Yeah. The two peas. If peas someone are- had two cups of water, and they were like, "All right, this one <laughs> is water from you know probably bears, fish, rabbits, probably shat." in this water yeah this one same deal but also a human did yeah bow shat in this you're the rest getting of animals. one glass of water in the face yeah you're gonna pick the one that the human didn't shit in <laughs> it depends how much water there is to poo what's the ratio what the ratio yeah but how do you know the? i don't know what the ratio they it's never all know. the it looks exactly the same there's no way to know yeah it's it's just like this is literally the same water but a human shit in the water. Yeah, in I picked the one with the less shit in it. Yes. Yeah. You take the one with the but. regular animal natural poo, but not the one Bo pooped in. Right? I mean, if there if there's an equal amount of poo, but the sources are different, so you're like the one without Bo shit has bear shit of an equal <laughs> mass. Then I'm like, what's the difference? Right? I almost rather have my own shit on <laughs> It's like smelling your own farts, right? You're like, oh, I don't mind this so much. You smell someone else's, you're like, what? Oh, it who died near? It no. doesn't extend to the actual fecal consumption. I can't, I can't go that far with it. I, I can do the whole like, um, in the car. Oh, this isn't so bad. But if I get it, no, there ain't no eating it. Like, <laughs> wait, we're talking about eating it now? Well, you drinking I was splashing it, splashing it on my face. You know, drinking it, getting it, having it. It's there. Anything I mean, with like human poop, not drink it if the particles per million is high but if it's low then yeah whatever Ugh, i don't trust water as it is i mean if it's a matter of survival right i mean ideally i'm getting purified water that's a good point i watched the i watched the how it's made on like bottled water yeah we go through some like insane processes for water it really makes me think how would we survive without bottled water companies now which well, I'm sure is what they want me to that's think. That's what they want you to say. But, like, saying, it's yeah. genuinely shocking the amount of work that goes through bottled water. 
the They've water got to overwork it though because they got to protect themselves from liability. Yeah, no, they do. True. But we yeah. the water wars are coming, man. There's too much the drought right now. We're all going to be fighting over water, and it, and at some point, yeah. bow poo water will be a. It'll be a crime. I'd be executed. That's right. Right. You yeah, drink like it. I wouldn't last long in this. This piece, man you know? shat in water. Kill him. In fact, Kill him. if it happens in my lifetime, they might just execute me in the front door. You know, and they're like, okay, who are the known water offenders? <laughs> and I'll be on a list of WOs. Yeah. Water and offenders. probably just put me in a jail or, you know, kill me because it's a violent post-apocalyptic a, world. A WO. I like that. They're like, and he likes to stab people in VR. Let's yeah. just not invite him to our... Uh, he doesn't get to come anywhere anymore after he pooped in the yeah. lake. All right. On that Love note. To. That's a good question. We're going to do a quick email. Talk to the core gmail.com. This is from Nicola who says, Hey Scott, you've talked a lot about your experience at the steam deck, but one function you have not brought up yet is connecting it to a TV, uh, docking it to a television. Basically. I have a pretty strong PC, but I find myself not gaming on it because I prefer to play my Xbox from the comfort of my couch and a big TV. I feel that way. Sometimes have you put any time into seeing how it works? Nicola, uh, Yes. So you can easily with a with a little dongle uh, with HDMI output on it to connect that to the USB C on the device. They're making a dock as well that'll be sold separately, but that's not done yet, I guess. Um anyway, you plug USB or sorry, HDMI into that, off to your TV, done. That's it. And you can have wireless controllers, up to four of them, I think, maybe more. Um it all works fine. It works like you'd expect a switch to work, although graphics do look a lot better. I haven't run anything at true to uh uh, 4k on there, but I have run stuff at 1080p and it all looks fine. So yes, you hundred percent can do this if you wanted to. Um, same thing goes for, if you wanted to be a little desktop unit, plug it into a monitor, have a mouse keyboard connected, run a controller off of that. You could do all those things with your steam deck. If you wanted, um, you'd probably want to put windows on there just for, you know, if you were going to use it for more business stuff, but the device is really capable. It turns out. So, yeah, you can do all those things. I'm still trying to decide whether I take it on my trip or not because it's so damn big. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, what if you get COVID? I mean, if I, I mean, what if I'll get that either way? Oh, you mean that'd be good because then I would have this with me. Yeah. If I get like, stranded. what if you can't enjoy the amenities of the cruise ship? And they keep me also, in the room. Also, what if a COVID outbreak happens on the ship and you're like just trapped on that ship for a long time? They're not going to do that. They've already had, they have outbreaks yeah, all know, the time. You know who said that? The people on the first boat? No, they didn't know what COVID was yet. That doesn't count. <laughs> that one's weird. I watched that documentary. It's That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. A 2020 thing. It's very different. Um, so I'm not worried about that, but I'm just, I don't know. I hate when I take cool devices with me because I'm always worried someone's going to steal one or I'm going to drop it or I'm going to lose it or something happened in the plane or I don't know. I don't know what I'm worried about. If you get... Okay, let's forget COVID. Okay, COVID. If COVID's you out. get the most common cruise ship illness, which is the shits, great. You're going to be grateful to have a Steam Deck with you. That's, That's true. That's why they built those circle shaped holes in the deck so you can fit your ass out and shit. Yeah, speaking just of, by the way, everybody dunk their butts in the ocean and go. They all think they're not, but they are. Cruise ships are all pooping in the in the giantest of lakes, the ocean. Yeah. So Bo is Do they dump they dump out their 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 septics. Oh, it's all happening. It all gets out there. All of it. Man, I have to imagine what those a shitty cruises. day to be a fish. <laughs> so yeah. Can you, you imagine? You're just uh, like, oh, what just passed over me? That was big, and then all of a sudden, just brown. Oh yeah, awful. Yeah, it's bad. cruise boats. They're just giant. They're like, to- they're littering toilets, and, littering and waste machines. Right, a bunch of people go on it, party, have fun, throw their garbage everywhere, eat and, seven and, meals a day. Yeah. yeah. 
kind of drink a lot. It's a lawless lot. land, you know. The sea law applies. But they always well, you say probably get eaten by a bigger fish right after. They like always that's say it's the insult the, to injury. It's always the newlywed, the nearly dead, and then the I forgot the third one. But I'm none of those. So I don't know what we are. We're just tourists. <laughs> I guess uh, someone Rusty Nails mentioned in the chat. I wanted to bring it up too. Is we've been concerned about shit, but like things die in the water. Yeah. Like, imagine being in New York and all the people that get thrown in the lake, like. Yeah, and like all the animals that just sort of fall over and die, float out into the water and stuff. That's why I avoid water in general. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea, John. Uh, Won't lead to any issues. Uh, You live in a good place and you hate it, but really, it's actually a big advantage to live there. Yeah, not a lot of water here. Like it's just nice. You import it. This makes sense now. You're not acclimatized to having swamp and pools of body water everywhere because. Yeah, like Bo, he's got dead people there's, all there's, over there's the place. There's tons of swamp. Like it's he's not surrounded swamp. by dead people ever since Skyrim gave him a taste for murder. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. on to his third kill since then. Uh, well, anyway, I hope that answers your question, Nicola. Oh, that's uh, true. I, yeah, I have hid some bodies for sure. I wanted to put one up to show in Skyrim. Right? In Skyrim, in Skyrim. Clarify, yeah. okay. But I couldn't really, you can't really hang bodies off of stuff to scare the other guards. In Skyrim. So I, I just threw it in the fire. In Skyrim. In Skyrim. Yeah. I just want to keep making In a that video point. game. In a video game. This. In a false. Not in real life. Yeah. Fantasy based thing that not isn't real. All right. That's it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we would love to hear your feedback at talktothecore at gmail.com, just like that emailer did. Uh, be like them and send us an email. We'd love it. Patreon.com slash core show is our Patreon. And man, you guys are awesome for supporting us. If you want to be awesome, yeah, woo! get over there. Get that done. We love it. Uh, frogpants.com slash core has links to that and everything else that you're ever going to need. Um, so programming note, I'm out of town next week. And I don't oh, no. think we'll have anything here next week. Maybe. Well, I mean, if, if you and John it. wanted to get together and do a thing, we'd have a show, but it would just go up a little late. But that's no big deal because I'll be home to put it up on Monday. So if you guys decide to, great. But I'm not going to pressure anybody to do anything. You know, if you guys want to, it's up. To, it's totally up to you. You guys decide. But the point is, if that happens, there'll be something up. If not, eh, it's a it's a week. It's no big deal. I never take vacation, so. This is like super rare and uh, you'll all be okay. Uh, So anyway, that's next week. Uh, Maybe something, maybe not. Who knows? But the next week for sure, back in force, uh, doing core once again. All right, John, I don't know if you're up for it. Is grandma here to tell us anything? I haven't tried the voice out. Looks like it's there. So I guess I'll read some games we played. It's even better. Well, this week, Scott played Hard West 2. I was there when the Wild West wasn't so wild. That's just a fact. That's not really anything tied to the game. He also played Guild Wars 2 because he's only playing games with the number 2 in them, Mm -hmm. uh, except for Farthest Frontier, which he also played. Uh, John played two Final Fantasies. Good for him. Uh, Number 9 and 14, showing that he doesn't know how to count. And Bo played Skyrim VR. Uh, which is the virtual reality version of Skyrim. Um, he has 526 mods in keeping with the number theme. That's all I got. 
Uh, that's fantastic, Grandma. Uh, I hope you continue to get over your horrible case of COVID and uh, that uh, Bo continues to stab oh, it's people. it's fine. It turns out it's okay if you're old. Oh, 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 okay. Well, then you're expendable. That sounds great. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, hanging out with us tonight. Chat room, you guys are the best, as always. And uh, we hope you're all doing really well. Go play a video game. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, and welcome back to Roman Paul's JRPG Corner. Little Timmy recently wrote in that this was his favorite post-core segment. Timmy, this is for you. This week we're reviewing Live Alive the recently remade 90s JRPG by Square Enix that was well ahead of its time. Live Alive was made by the same director that went on to make Chrono Trigger, and from the beginning you can definitely tell. The game gives you a choice of seven different characters and different time periods for you to choose from, and you must go through all of them to see how the story connects, much like Chrono Trigger. This HD remake has a lot of love poured into it, and you can tell with the intricate designs and spectacular voice acting. Not all of the stories are pure wins, but overall it's an enchanting game with a unique grid combat system that stands out from anything we really saw in the 90s. The gameplay loop is mostly story driven, but that doesn't mean that there aren't surprises and secret bosses. Each character has their own quirks and abilities that add to the combat strategy, such as invisibility and mind reading, which also go on to enhance the story. This would be a great game for the Frog Pants crew as there are film tropes aplenty and the story thrives in the little space between fact and fiction. However, that's all I'll say. No Johnsons are being pulled here. And while I'm disappointed I wasn't able to play this as a child, I'm so happy to report that Square Enix outdid themselves yet again and I have a feeling they'll keep doing it with Dialfield Chronicles and Harvestella, so keep an ear out for those reviews this fall. Again, that's Live Alive, available for the Nintendo Switch. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you core nerds next time.